This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. A lot of people were hoping that Glenn Youngkin was going to fix Virginia, but just because the governor is a Republican doesn't mean that they can change the legislature. And as long as there are Democrats in Virginia and a lot of influence, yeah, you're not going to get everything you want. So now we have this story. The Virginia Senate has rejected three bills that would ban sex changes for minors. And we're going to talk about that, plus a bunch of other stories pertaining to what's happening with kids in schools, with critical race theory, with gender theory, gender ideology, and things like that. Because joining us today is a man who has a, a personal stake in this fight and personal experience. We are joined by Jeff Younger. Hey, everybody. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Jeff Younger. My son is James, and my ex-wife has been trying to transition to a girl since he was two years old. And recently, the Texas Supreme Court allowed my ex-wife to move my son to California to transition him. And that's, uh, is California a sanctuary for a gender transition? It's a sanctuary state. It's uh, Senate Bill 107. So we are going to talk about that plus a bunch of similar issues because uh, actually the post-millennial had a bunch and Libby's hanging out with us today as well. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Libby Emmons with the post-millennial. Glad to be here. So before we get into it, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member to support our work directly. Click that Join Us button if you appreciate the work we do. Not only will you get access to exclusive uncensored segments from this podcast, but you will help us with our cultural endeavors. Freedomistan is coming along. I've got photos. I should post them. I'll post them after the show. I'll try to remember. But they're amazing. This is going to be super, super incredible. The new space we have, the new shows we're doing, a morning shows with, with women, kind of like The View, but sane women, you know, not, not unhinged. And uh, we're, we're trying to create physical spaces as well. So we have a coffee shop in the works. A lot of design work is, go, is happening. And um, we're, we're delayed on the coffee product, unfortunately, because there's a bag delay or something. But it's happening. And it's all thanks to you. We need to create physical spaces where people can come together, make allies, share ideas. And that's what we're doing. Thanks to you. So don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. And we also got Ian Crossland hanging out. What's up, everybody? Happy to be here. I uh, Maybe we'll play it later on the show. I, I saw some deep fakes of my voice going around. So a friend of mine sent me a, a deep fake voice generator. It is the creepiest and scariest thing I've ever seen. It took two seconds to upload a clip of Ian's voice, and we can make Ian say anything. <laughs> and they will. Oh, they will. Now, here's the best part. When I tried it on me, it didn't work. Why not? Really? I have no idea, but I'm glad it didn't. <laughs> really? Yeah, it didn't work. It just sounded bad? It doesn't sound like me at all. Wow. It weirdly just doesn't sound like me. And I'm like, okay, that's a good thing. Maybe I got a weird voice and I talk like a weird person. You're immune <laughs> to the matrix. <laughs> nice May- work. Well, maybe there's something like most people talk a certain way. So the AI takes a person's voice and applies it to like a standard set of like an algorithm that applies to most people and then mm-hmm. g- generates it. And for me, it just didn't really work. Cool. Maybe we can listen yeah. to those later. We will. We will definitely play those. We also got Surge pressing the buttons. Yo, what's up, everybody? How you guys doing? At Surge.com. Let's, well. uh, let's get started with your story, actually, Jeff. For okay. those that don't know what's happening with you and your son, do you want to give us the, the 101? Sure. So um, starting about two years old, my uh, ex-wife decided to transition my son to a girl. We were still married at the time, and I told her she couldn't do that. She's a pediatrician. And she uh, forced me out of my house, filed for divorce, and then began to 
really in earnest try to transition my son. She began to tra- uh, pre- present him to the world as a girl. Um, she, she changed his name without my consent, with no legal basis to do that. Um, my son eventually, at three years old, we're still heading towards divorce, tells me that mommy says I'm a girl. So I took the first iPhone video I'd ever taken. And if you go on YouTube, you can find it. Just search for mommy says I'm a girl. It went everywhere. I'm an Orthodox Christian. So it also went all over Eastern Europe and Russian television got a hold of it. They were all perplexed. Like they think of the Texas as a Bible belt. How could it be? How can this be happening in this religious part of the country? So then we get to trial. Um, The psychology community turned completely against me. All of them lied at trial. So far, I've been able to prove all these psychologists have lied. So all their testimony has been thrown out. What were they lying about? Whether my son wants to be a girl or a boy. Um, in, in the initial uh, psychological uh, investigation, they tried to cover for my wife by saying she wasn't trying to transition my son. And on that basis that I had made a false accusation that she was trying to transition him gave me less than standard pose- possession time with my son. So then we go to another trial in 2019 after the school started transitioning my son behind my back. So I take my son to school and in boys clothes, they give him a dress, make him use the, the uh, girls restroom. And it turns out there's a loophole in all the 50 states around psychology that allows psychologists to not inform parents. Parents actually don't have a legal right to the medical and psychological records of their children. I can explain that later. So they they used that law to transition my son without my consent. And I found out about it. I filed grievances with the school district. They said they did not violate my parental rights by transitioning my son without my consent. So we wound up going to a 2019 trial in this little courthouse in Dallas, Texas, and the top experts in the world uh, on transgender science from both sides showed up in this courtroom. Only my experts testified because the depositions that I gave the experts on the other side was so devastating they would never put them in front of a Texas jury. I'll give you an example. Johanna Olson Kennedy, who runs the largest gender clinic in the United States, I directly asked her, how do you justify cutting healthy body parts off of children? And she said, well, it, if they're if they're causing psychological distress, they're not they're not healthy body parts. So we cut them off. I asked how many total mastectomies have you referred out for pubescent girls, and she said over two hundred fifty. So they didn't want to put that in front. How many, how many hands and feet did they chop off of body yeah, dysmorphic body dysmorphic people? Yeah, exactly. Well, Joanna Olson Kennedy also said mm-hmm. that um, if peop- if if girls end up wanting to have their breasts back, they mm-hmm. can just get fake ones when yep, they grow did. up. She yeah. did. So, so, but let's, let's, let's go back to the beginning. I mean, how does, how does this begin? How did your wife decide that your son, in her mind, why is she saying that your son is actually trans? Well, I first noticed it when she would put him into timeouts and she'd say things like, you know, don't be a boy. The monsters only eat boys and weird stuff like this. Oh yeah. What? Yes. Oh yes. Yeah. Well, why is she doing it? But she testified in court to this. This is what she's testified. I don't believe this answer, but I'm going to tell you what she swore to in front of the judge at the 2019 trial. She said, first, James asked for a girl's meal in a McDonald's Happy Meal, the girl's toy in a McDonald's Happy Meal. Second, a few days later, he asked for a silver purse at Target that had a a multicolored unicorn on it. And James is a painter. He's still a painter. Uh, And so he wanted this purse. And at that point, she thought he might be a girl. 
That's what she testified to. Because he liked unicorns? Mm. I don't believe any of these like unicorns. Yeah. I I mean, I used to pretend I was Wonder Woman. I would dance around in my backyard swinging the invisible whip because I wanted to be an actor because I'm creative. And my parents had freaked out and been like, maybe that means, no, you're creative. Yes, you can pretend to be anybody, anything you want to be. Yes, you can. Yeah. And children will conform themselves to their parents' wishes in all sorts of ways. And my son has told court-appointed psychologists, four of them, that the reason that he, he for, here's the other fact that's really important for you and your audience to know. My son only presents as a girl with his mom. He's never presented as a girl with me or anywhere else at church or anywhere. It's only when he's with his mom that he does this. So he's just told them straight up, mommy doesn't love me if I'm not a girl. He's told them that over and over again. Told the judge that? Told the court appointed psychologist. Um, what happened? They, they all recommended that he be transitioned to a girl, all of them. I, mommy doesn't love me if I'm not a girl. This is what yeah. he said. Yes, that's that's like what, has that implicates the mother. I know what precipitated me losing my sons, all contact with my sons, um, a, a, last year in July, was my son just straight up told the the his counselor that he doesn't want to be a girl. He's getting embarrassed wearing dresses at school. She didn't uh, even acknowledge that he said it. So he had an Apple Watch, and he recorded himself. He said, I'm going to record telling you this. And she, Your son did? Yes. And she totally freaked out, threw him out of the office, and initiated a CPS investigation against me, and told the, the court that I had forced him to say that. How old, is your son, how old is your son now? Ten. Ten. He was nine when he said that. Yeah. Did you force him to do it? No. No. He did ask me if he could record. And I said, Texas is a one-party recording state. But our family's not sneaky. So if you're going to record people, you should tell them that you're recording them. So just tell her that you're going to record her. So, so where, where is it? Where, where, where is the story currently at now? He's a, your, your wife, ex-wife took him to the, California? The judge uh, allowed her to move to California. Uh, she doesn't have to tell me where my sons are. So all I know is that they're in L.A. County. The only way for me to see my sons is to arrange for supervised visits in L.A. County. Okay. Um, and it has to be someone that's acceptable to the court. So the judge will be able to pick who that is. No matter who I pick, they won't let me do it. Um, she doesn't have to tell me any medical procedures that she's doing. She doesn't have to tell me where they go to school. I'm actually prohibited from even knowing those things. Wow. Yeah. So I haven't seen him in about a year and six months now. Why both kids? Like so two kids, you said one's 10 and then one They're is- both 10. They're twins. Yep. And, and they're one- not identical. And so she's saying one is and one is not trans? Yeah, and this is something that she did with her daughters. So, so if you want to know, like, when I, when I realized I was in trouble, it was during her pregnancy. We uh, made a decision to have children. We're about two and a half years into the marriage, and I discover everything she told me about her daughters was a lie. So uh, she had told me that her daughters were adopted. Well, her younger daughter was adopted from her brother who's a three-time convicted felon in California had to flee the state because if he gets convicted again he'll get life who exposed this child to methamphetamine in the womb and and when she was a newborn and had all these developmental problems so I didn't know that I probably would have still married and knowing that right because it's good to adopt orphans like that I'm all for that but her other daughter was from a sperm donor and I would not have married her had I known that This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults, 
with zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Why not? So, Why not? Well, it it was it would be like she wants to have kids without dad, without a man, mm, without a father. Interesting. Yeah, and both of the girls I didn't know this either. Both uh, Anne's sister is a lesbian, and both of these girls had been raised only around women. Like, like I remember um, going out and running, you know, foot races with the girls because she basically abandoned her girls to me. So, like, I am the one who had to take them to school, do all their homework, you know, uh, everything, all the chores in the house. She worked 80 hours a week at her practice. Right. And so I got got these girls that I had to raise. So we go out and run foot races and stuff like that. And they just couldn't believe that I was winning. Like they, they didn't know, like, boys can run faster than girls. Generally. Wow. They just had not been around any men. And um, Anne thought that was actually very funny that they were learning that and didn't know that. But they were 10 years old and is just discovering that for the first time. Sounds a lot like that book that we bring up periodically, the one that's in front of you. Yeah. Genderqueer. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, uh, have you read that one? I have not read it. I you read that. heard about it. I bought a copy of that and, and read, read it, it myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's a story of how this, uh, this, uh, this woman is not, she says she's non-binary, but mm-hmm. it's, a, it's an abuse story. Yeah. She couldn't read till she was 12. Yep. Yeah. She had to use old crusted pads with blood flaking off, and she wow. smelled so bad because of it. The counselor called her in and said, you, you, have, a, you have a hygiene problem. So it's no wonder she ends up of course, you know, distressed. Well, yeah. and the book ends like the, the most triumphant part of the book is when she's deciding that she's going to come out to her middle school class mm. yeah. and like tell all of the, her students that she's which is non-binary, what? which is the, like, why do we need to why does anyone need to do that? Why yes. these people want to be about around children so so much is mm. odd. It's odd and sort of distressing. Yeah. But so 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 you're. Uh, I remember when the uh, the story first broke about the court case and the videos with your son and all that stuff. Yep. But your son's ten now. I mean, ten year olds have a decent amount of of you know lucidity. Yes. So is 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 he resisting? Is he rejecting this? Is he complaining about it? Well, the, remember the last time I saw him was when he resisted. And they took him away from me permanently and gave me supervised visitation. I get less visitation than convicted pedophiles in Texas. You know what's crazy, too, though, is early on in the story, I remember reading in The Federalist, there was um, a woman who was the mom of some friends of your son Mm -hmm. who said that when he was over at her house, he wanted to wear boy clothes. And she, like, gave him boy clothes. And he just wanted to do rough and tumble boy things. That's his normal state. And her testimony, she was not allowed to testify to that No, she wasn't. They they wouldn't let her why would they speak not? her piece. Why? Um, I don't know why they wouldn't let her do it, but they wouldn't they wouldn't well, accept her. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people don't understand how family courts work and what the incentives are in family courts. People think of them as you know an objective judge and this sort of thing. Um, but the way that family courts are managed is they prevent you from presenting contrary evidence. That's why I've never been allowed to select a psychologist for my son. The courts will never allow me to do that. The courts pick the psychologist who will then present the evidence to the court, right? Now, fortunately, I've been able to record them. I've been able to gather evidence and and actually prove that they perjured themselves. So they've had to throw out all this evidence. But it's taken a lot of work and it's cost me a lot of money to do that, right? And most people can't do that. So family courts basically work off of fabricated evidence. That's number one. Number two there's really no appeal from family courts. So family courts, unlike normal, like civil courts or criminal courts, 
There's almost no appellate options out of a family court, so the judges operate with no oversight and just do whatever they want. And third, and this is the big one, there are massive federal programs that were instituted in, in the late 1970s that pay states trillions of dollars to tear families apart. So it's so innocuous when I tell you, be like, this is a great program, but like in Texas, we get 66 cents on the dollar put into the Texas treasury for every dollar of child support that's paid, right? So the state is now highly incentivized to issue the maximum amount of child support. That's why they almost all divorces got 50-50 prior to the, the 1980s. And there was the skyrocketing of divorces where one parent loses custody. And that was to maximize Title IV-D reimbursements to the states. In Texas, it's half a billion dollars to the Texas budget. If, if the, the state is profiting off of child support? Correct. And in most states, the judicial retirement fund is funded from this money. So the more child support that's issued from the family courts, the larger the judicial retirement. It's, and it's a massive program. It's the size of the largest defense programs. So the incentives are absolutely huge. To, to, to get people to pay child support? Correct, correct. And even married people, to get them to break up and then have to pay each other child support? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So because you would think the best child support would just be 50-50 custody and let people raise their kids. The best child support is to raise your own kid. That's yeah. the best child support. But they don't do that. Most states actually have laws prohibiting the courts from doing that. Texas has a, a, has a family code in which it's assumed to be in the child's best interest that one parent get 24% of the time. And the reason 24% was chosen precisely is it maximizes Title IV-D reimbursement to the state at 24%. Okay? How, how does it, wow. how's the yes. maximization function? Yeah. How yeah. does it come out at 24%? So it has to do with how the state calculates child support. So Texas has one of the worst child support systems in the state. It, it doesn't take into account the income of both parents, and it doesn't take into account the amount of time you spend with the child. So there, there are fathers out there with 49% of the time that are paying maximal child support still. Wow, but it but again that maximizes the reimbursement to the state. I have a friend of mine. Him and his wife came to an agreement to do fifty fifty parenting, no child support, because he watches the kids a lot while she travels for her work, and so it's all it all worked out. And they decided it's just better to do it this way. The state of Texas sent an attorney to argue in the case that they should not be allowed to do fifty fifty custody. I, I read a story about uh, some celebrity guy who had to pay massive child support. Mm -hmm. And then he and the wife both went to the court together yep. as friends and said, hey, he's no longer working and doesn't have this money anymore. So we, we both agree it should be lower. And the court right. said, no, they won't do it because they get they get a cut. Is they get a huge kickback. Yeah. Wow. Now, there's an even more evil program that's related to this Title IV E. Title IV E pays the states to adopt out orphans. What do you mean adopt out orphans? So like whenever, a whenever CPS takes a child from uh -huh. from someone and then adopts them into a good family. They get Title IV E reimbursement funds, and it's a lot of money. It's like 50K per child. The state gets that money? Yes, it goes into the state budget. And where does it come from? Federal government. Interesting. Yep. So what will happen in Texas is some satellite office of CPS will get low on budget, and they'll go and find a white baby under two years of old, uh, years old, no, no uh, medical problems from working class parents who can't afford a lawyer, and then they take the child and adopt it out, and then they get $50,000 for their budget. That's how they do it. Wow. There's massive incentives uh, to split up families in this country. And that's why you've had the explosion of divorce and rancor. So now you have the majority of children in America are being raised in fatherless homes. It's, it just, we well, passed 50%. It, so. it's, it's, it, look, uh, it sure does seem like 
there is a system in place, whether intentional or not, to yeah. reduce the population. Uh, unquestionably. That's, this is the whole, you know, you talk about this, you call it a conspiracy theorist, right? Um, but they're blatant about it. They're absolutely blatant about it. it. But I think the agenda is not only population reduction, but also to reduce the political power of the middle class, right? If you've, you've been to Europe, most of you have been to Europe. I've been to Asia a lot as well. Nobody cares about free speech there. Yeah. Nobody cares about gun rights there. There's one place in the world where people care about free speech and gun rights, and that's the American middle class. Yep. They have to disempower the American middle class to get rid of these things. And so the best way to do that is to take fathers out of the homes. Yeah, well, that's, that's where you start breaking society down. That's right. Destroy the family unit. 100%. I mean, there's also definitely marriage disincentives. I blame know. Reagan. There no are, fault, we were no talking fault about no-fault divorce. Yeah. But there's also all of these, uh, there's tax breaks for you if you're a single parent. Yep. And then if you're married, you don't get those tax breaks. That's right. Wow. And it's a lot easier to get onto state-sponsored health insurance programs unless there's two of you. If, there's, if, if you're married, it's harder to get on them because you automatically make a little bit more money. Yep. In Texas, you can't single, if you're married. You, can. yeah, in, you can't get on mm-hmm. the, state's, the state plan. Mm-hmm. There was something about this I, I learned earlier uh, that in Texas, I believe it was you need both parents to consent to some sort of transgender surgery for a child. But then your wife or your ex-wife took the kid out of the state in order to bypass Texas state law. So at that point, you would think Texas would be like, hey, hell no, that we're going to the federal government. Come on, step in. You can't you can't just leave our state and then break our law against the will of one of our state citizens. I would think that that would be the case. Yes. Um, so um, the, my case has been carefully reverse engineered by leftist lawyers, it's very clear, to, pro, to prevent me from taking a federal course of action. Um, what they did was, my, since my judge issued an order allowing her to move to California, it's very difficult for me to go into federal court and challenge a local judge's ruling. There's something called the domestic relations exception in family court, uh, in federal court. A lot of people don't know this. But the federal court just has a rule. They don't take family court cases. They just don't take them. What, like I told you, there's no appeal out of family court. You're doomed. Whatever the judge says goes. And federal courts won't take them. There's a very narrow exception to that on civil rights grounds, which I might be able to pull off. What would that be? So uh, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a really good uh, U.S. Supreme Court decision called Troxel. And Troxel establishes 14th Amendment protections for parenting your children. And all of my judge's rulings violate Troxel. So I'd have to get into a federal court. And uh, the, the big challenge in federal court is you, it's very easy to dismiss federal cases under Rule 12 of Federal Rules of Civil Procedure. So I'd have to really build an airtight case that would survive a dismissal challenge. And it's the, the violation. I'm thinking about that right now. A violation of the Fourth, 14th Amendment. That's right. Yeah. Is, uh... And what's interesting is in my 2019 trial that I, that I won, I got 50-50 custody, no child support, and I got uh, 50-50 on all the conservator rights. So she couldn't do any medical procedures without my permission. I think I remember hearing about that yeah. in the news. Yeah. But, the, but then how did she end up getting to move to California? Here's how it worked. So she, she retained the most powerful law firm in the state of Texas, family law firm named Coons Fuller. They're also the largest donor to political campaigns. So Texas has a loophole that you can uh, buy judges, essentially, if you, as long as you donate to political campaigns. Political activity is protected, and law firms cannot be recused from representing in a court, even if they gave them a lot of money. So they gave my current judge over $30,000. Okay? 
30,000 bucks. So in a transparently corrupt recusal proceeding, they bought a, a, a judge emeritus to hear a recusal hearing. And all the judge where I won the trial, her name, her name it's a 255th district court. All she did, she went onto Facebook on the official page of the court and said, everyone in my court got a fair trial, which judges are allowed to say things like that. They're allowed to assure the public that they're performing their public duty. Mm. That's not recusable. But on that basis, they recused her. And then I wind up in this other court that this law firm gave $30,000 wow. to. And this judge then systematically stripped me of all my parental rights using temporary orders, which is not legal in Texas, but I have no really course of appeal. There's, you can't, in Texas, you actually cannot appeal family court decisions. You can only mandamus them. You can't actually appeal them. So using these temporary rulings, she, she's... Systematically. Jumped. And what's interesting... But then she moves to California yeah. under a so as a temporary uh, right under yeah and so they want to push they want to go to final trial now and establish that as a permanent right that's the idea well and the thing with California too is California has decided that they have no obligation to follow mm -hmm. the laws of any other state that's correct so if if by some miracle you ended up um, mm -hmm. having a Texas court say that your sons should come back from California California would refuse on the they basis of their back. own law they won't send them back. Um, the they they are obligated by law to give my son gender affirming health care. They have to give it to him. Um, and a judge can consent without either parent consenting. A judge yeah, can consent. That's a Scott Weiner. Yep. State Senator yep. Scott Weiner. Do you do you know if they've begun any medical procedures, chemical no, or no? Because surgery? I have I don't get any information. So she's been there since end of December, and I have no information on my son at this I, point. It's just this is a federal. We need the federal government to step in. I, I, the only issue with the federal government stepping in is you have the president of the United States who is in favor of child sex changes. Well, yeah, and the I mean, entire Health and Human Services Department and me, the me, Surgeon General. But we well, still let me, need, let me pull up this, uh, this article is, right here. We have this article from the Post Millennial. Biden's Surgeon General warns that 13-year-olds shouldn't use social media because they are still developing their identity. Chris Elson wrote, Vivek Murthy says he believes 13 is too young for children to be on social media platforms because kids are still developing their identity. What about puberty blockers, Vivek? So I think this shows the hypocrisy. Yes, it does. Yeah, clearly. Really fully. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Just straight out hypocrisy. Yeah, so you have Vivek Murthy saying um, that children should not be on social media because they're still developing their identities. But he would also tell you that uh, girls who are minors should be able to get abortions without parental consent and also that children should be able to determine their own gender identity. So I'm sure, Jeff, you're familiar with the story of John Money? Yeah, oh, yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, do you have concerns? I mean, obviously you have concerns for your, for your, your children over this. Yeah, I mean, the way I put it to the jury when I was put on the stand was very simple. I said, you know, if my sons go with me, they have a chance at a normal life. If they go with her, they have no chance at a normal life and a good chance of, of living a life of despair. And that's the choice, that's the Hobson's choice that we're giving all of these children, right? 
And they're, they're so obsessed with puberty blockers because the cure for gender dysphoria is called puberty. Puberty is the cure for gender dysphoria. Puberty is the process by which you come to identify with the social, psychological, and physical aspects of your sex. That's what puberty actually is. And so they desperately have to block puberty to maintain the gender dysphoria. Over 90% of these kids, if you just don't do anything, just grow into normal adults, small proportion of them uh, become gay and, a, and a, a, in line with the, the normal population, and then a small percentage of them continue to have problems. This feels like, at least to a certain degree, some of this is experimentation. Like uh, definitely. We, we, we know from the story of uh, John Money and what he did mm -hmm. to, uh, what was it, Brian and David were their Brian names? Brian and David. They, they both ended up killing themselves in, in different ways, yes. and it's, it's, a, it's a horror story. Now, that story is particularly horrifying because uh, John Money was forcing them to simulate adult activities on each other yep. when they were very young children. Yeah. So for those that aren't familiar with the story, I think most people are, but if you're not, basically you had uh, twins. I think they're identical twins. Were they they identical? were identical. Yeah, uh, and there was a botched circumcision. So John Money convinced the parents, you know, it will raise one as a girl and one as a boy. And then I think almost immediately, it was, uh, was, was Brian or was it, it was David? Which David. David was the one who was so, yeah. made to live as a girl. David knew that he was actually male yes. the whole time yes. and it caused great distress. So that, that's, that's my fear. In that thinking though, there is the argument made, the, made by the left that that shows gender identity is inherent in the individual and that if a child is born male but has a female identity, or wants to identify socially as a female, and you don't do it, you'll end up with that situation. Well, I, I have a, a kind of an unusual take for someone on the right. I'm definitely on the right. Um, and that I do think gender uh, is, in, in many ways, socially constructed. And this always freaks people out, right? Like, well, how can you be a right-winger well, and believe that? But this, the social characteristics mm -hmm. that we have built up around the biological sexes. Correct, correct, yeah. And in other words, you, you're born male, but you have to learn to be a man. Your father teaches you how to be a man. You follow in the footsteps of your forefathers and you learn how to be a man to assume your duties and rights and responsibilities as a man in your society. And that has to be taught to you, right? That kind of thing has to be taught to you. But like everything else, the left wants to make it either or in these very strange ways. You know, sure, there is a genetic component probably to gender identity. There's a, gen there's a genetic component to all human behaviors, right? Um, it comes up a lot in the context of being gay. People say, well, people are born gay. They're not born gay. Um, there is a genetic component to being gay. They know exactly what the genetic contribution is because billions of dollars have been spent on it. It's approximately equal to your, to your food preferences. And you're totally in control of what you eat. So there's gen just because something has a genetic component doesn't mean it's outside of your volition. Yeah, your genetics can be altered by your environment. They can be turned yeah. on and off. Yes. I, I think this is phthalates and PCBs. There was a, you know, yeah. I've, I've had the conversation with a lot of uh, conservatives and- Man, You're bringing up good stuff. This is, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've, we've had people on, I think even James Lindsay. And um, I've talked to a lot of these people who say there's no such thing as trans kids. And I say, I disagree with that. I think you, we, we've, we've already seen the stories. There was a, there was a birth control mm -hmm. that women were taking that resulted in their uh, female babies masculine, masculinizing mm -hmm. in the womb. Mm -hmm. And then invariably as they tracked and they grew up to become lesbians and they're like, Hey, we just realized that this birth control was actually doing this to the babies mm -hmm. in the womb. Yes. In the event, the woman were, was, got pregnant despite being on birth control, they had masculinized female babies. 
And so you take a look at the plastics. This is why we've been using glass bottles for, for all our water. We do have plastic bottles because some people just don't care, but I, I prefer to put everything in glass mm-hmm. because you have phthalates and PCBs. And that's just a couple of the endocrine, endocrine disruptors that we've, we've got research on. So my, my hypothesis on this is, you know, you had Bill Maher who said, why are we seeing so many trans kids? Um, you've got so many in California, but not in Ohio. Mm-hmm. So either, what, what did he say? Either there's something wrong between the states or we're creating them or something that effect. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if the reason we're seeing a massive spike in this is, I, I do think there's a, a social component because we've mm-hmm. actually seen that in research. Mm-hmm. But I think an, another component of this may be that we've expanded the use of plastics. Plastic is over everything. It is. So phthalates and PCBs in all of our food. Then you, you've also had these stories about uh, birth control getting in the water supply. Mm-hmm. Can't be filtered out, and then people are drinking it. I think we are living in piles of our own filth in cities, which is making dirty water full of endocrine disruptors of any, ki- any mm-hmm. kind. And you're going to end up with, peop- with people who are in the womb developing, and their brains are forming, and either through some kind of hormonal imbalance, some kind of chemical alteration through sal- phthalates, a baby is born— and they're th- they they have a, they have an uh, inverted gender identity that doesn't match their body. You also you can't discount the social contagion though. I mean we're seeing no, we're seeing like a four thousand increase percent increase in girls who are yes. deciding that they are actually boys. We're seeing clusters of girls mm-hmm. all transitioning together. And and there are a lot of stories about people who have taken their children away from these school environments mm-hmm. and their kids immediately detransition. Correct. And it's also very trendy in some places where my son had been going to school in New York City. Trans was very trendy. And right. some of his friends were coming in like one day they were furries and the next day they were lesbians and right. then they were actually trans. And then somebody else was trans because his girlfriend was trans and she was a lesbian now. And like it would be a whole, it was a whole thing. It was like a constant, yeah. every day there were like different identities going around and it was very trendy to be part of the whole identity thing it's really empowering to get people to believe you're someone you're not that's part of why i became an actor it's incredibly empowering and it's It's they they love it i love it everyone and then you get paid for it but then these kids i think they just want that empowerment part of it too though is we're talking about puberty right so jeff you brought this up we were talking about puberty what is puberty puberty is the process by which it's you know development it's the process by which a child becomes an adult. It's a coming of age process, right? We've taken away so many of the coming of age rituals. We've killed our gods. So, you know, we don't have coming of age rituals in our religion anymore at this point in the United States. That's That's not common. We don't have a lot of confirmations anymore about mitzvahs or anything like this. So what we have for our coming of our main coming of age ritual in our country right now is coming out. You can come out as something. That's like the only, the only it's American. The, it's, it's it's the American it coming of age, right? It's it's in, our rite of passage, right? In, you come in, out as part of your rite of passage. I thought it was getting your driver's license. No, it used to be getting your driver's license, but now that's, that's sixteen. It's no, eighteen no, 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 but, in some but like places. They have like, but, isn't like quinceanera a thing? Yeah, like, quinceanera. Yeah. That's yeah. That's like a in Mexico, right? Yeah, in Mexico, that kind of thing. I know that. Is there a male version of that? I don't know what they do down there. Well, you know, you do like a sixteenth birthday party, but um, it's not the same kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like this is our main rite of passage. It used to be. I remember when I was a kid, and the whole th- like everybody wanted to lose their virginity as quickly as possible. This was like, but that's very different from but like a bot different. or bar mitzvah, right? Yeah, it's very different. But now you can. You can go through a rite of passage of coming out. And what are the things you get to do? You get to change your name. Mm -hmm. You get to start choosing your own clothes. You get to dictate how other people are going to treat you. You know, you're going to treat, you're going to call me by this name. You're going to refer to me even when I'm not there with these very specific, you know, know, phrases. It feels like uh, 
a lot of RPG video games, your character will start off as like training mode or whatever. So actually, this reminds me of Maple Story, which I don't know if it exists anymore. But your character starts in like levels one through ten. You have yep. no specialty, and then once you get to level ten, you get to choose your class. You're like, pre- what right. are you? What are you right. going to be? And it feels very much well, like what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Well, there, there's one thing I think video games do play into the social contagion because a lot of boys play girl characters in in FPS shooters mainly because you just don't want to look at a guy's ass playing, playing it when you go to third <laughs> per, when you go to third person. You want to see a girl's ass when you're playing, right? But third person. You but yeah, if you play it in third yeah, switch to third person, you can play it, you know, with a girl character. It's it's more pleasing to you. Sec- the other thing though, you mentioned these PCBs, we can we can actually objectively quantify that. So the United States Marine Corps has grip strength data going back to the Revolutionary War. They administered grip strength tests at Tun's Tavern when they commissioned the Marine Corps. So it literally goes all the way back to, to the very beginning. So they have the ultimate longitudinal data set. Grip strength among men today is 30% what it was 50 years ago. Wow. Oh, no. That's one third. rough. Not me, though. I got good grip. Hell yeah. And Actually, grip strength, I play guitar, so. You it know, turns out grip strength is one of the best proxies, physical proxies for testosterone levels. Wow. So the Marine Corps won't even let you go to recruit training anymore unless you show up for a year of physical training to prevent training deaths. That's wow. how bad it is. So the handshake, the handshake test, that's real. It's a legit thing. <laughs> it's a legit thing. It's plastic, I've man. heard that hanging is some of the best things you can do for a person, like hang from a tree branch and just Well, hang. that's what the Marine Corps has you do. If you have weak grips, just hang. Really? Yeah. Hang for 20 minutes before you get chow. You don't get to eat until you hang. Wow. That's what they make you do. Yeah. Well, sperm count's also on the decline. Yeah, which is another great marker, a completely objective marker of testosterone levels. This, this is the crazy thing. So if you look back at like, uh, we used to drink mercury to, to try and cure syphilis. These things didn't work, but yes. the hope was that you'd poison yourself so much that I, I don't know what they were thinking. Yeah, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't understand this. Like the people would just die from drinking it. What made them think in any way it would help them? Or like, right. oh, well, the syphilis must have got them. But uh, then we have asbestos. Yeah. And asbestos actually is fine until you disturb it. But then we started realizing, like, hey, if we're going to start clearing out these buildings and doing remodeling, all of a sudden people are getting mesothelioma. So we get rid of it. Now, here's the problem with PCBs. They've warped our minds. We are now, in a, as a society, in a delusional state. And when a person, let's say a person gets hypoxic, mm-hmm. you cannot save yourself. Right. That's why they say put on your oxygen That's mask before example. putting the mask on somebody else. Yeah. If our society has been plagued by PCBs, and you wonder why it is that you've got to divide between urban and rural, why the Democrats in the yes. cities believe this and people in the country don't, perhaps it's because the people in the cities are gargling and swimming in endocrine disruptors yeah. that people who are on well water are not. And I grew up on well water in a, in a farm and ranch in Texas. So what happens then is – as a society that is um, assuming the endocrine disruptors are doing this, yeah. if half of the mind of our society, this this body, has been altered in some way, yes. how will you make a sound decision to correct the behavior? A person who is- I actually never drug, thought of that. That's a great point. Right. Our, our, our minds, uh, so it, it, it's, it's not just this issue. I mean, it's also drugs and everything else. Sure. So it's if, like, if you can't think, you can't think your way out of it. Right. If, if you're on a plane- the reason they say put on the, your mask before someone else's mm-hmm. is because if you're all hypoxic, you die. Yes. If one person can get their mask on, can they can everybody. think straight. They can save everybody. But we're in a place now where half the people aren't wearing their mask. And so when you're with your mask on saying put the mask on, they're swinging at you and yeah. in, in a rage yeah. and yeah. then just collapsing. You can't vote your way out of it. Yeah. You got to appeal to the gut. That's the only way. If the brain can't understand or is incapable from desensitization, you can get yeah. through the gut. 
You know, we we talked a little bit earlier about the depopulation agenda. You know, I have friends in Europe, and they always make fun of us in America for the some of the crazy stuff here, the wokeness. The fact that we pay 3% on our own money, interest on our own money and our own treasury is bizarre. They laugh about these things. And I just yeah. tell them, I just tell them, like, maybe you should have some mercy because <laughs> it's we're probably the most heavily propagandized population in the history of the world. The most sophisticated propaganda regime ever launched against a people has been launched against Americans. And they can't actually see reality right in front of them. They'll deny the evidence of their own senses. It's it's a bizarre experience. Um, and I, I can tell you, running for office, talking to cons- normie conservative Republicans, many of them actually still believe the Constitution constrains the government and that we should make constitutional arguments to restore the republic. And you're like, Constitution hasn't constrained the U.S. government in 100 years. Like, it, it's, it's right. a completely irrelevant document. Like, how can you still keep saying these things? It's because they're heavily propagandized. We, we should not underestimate how effective... The propaganda has been to warp uh, well, people's visions. The, the issue is you've got prominent individuals who make mm-hmm. a lot of money mm-hmm. just agreeing with whatever the machine wants them mm-hmm. to agree with. Mm-hmm. So to go back to the you know oxygen mask analogy, if, if half the people in this country are, are inundated with PCBs and other chemicals that's, that's, that's damaging their brain or, or causing them mm-hmm. to you know just have alterations to their mindset, neurodivergence as it were. Yeah. Then someone comes along and says, I don't know about that, but if I agree with them, they'll give me money. That's what's happening. Yeah, the famous observation that it's hard to get a man to change his mind about something who's being paid to believe it. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a very simple concept. But, you know, the, you know, the, the basic operation of, of prop, modern propaganda is to demoralize people. But I don't mean it in the sense of making them feel bad. I mean, to literally remove morals. Yes, I was going to ask. Because yeah. people often talk about demoralization and half the, t- half the people think you're talking about low morale. Exactly. When exactly. you're talking about the removal of morals. The removal of morals. Because you can't understand reality without moral reasoning. This is also something that Heidegger talks about. This is why artificial intelligence is impossible. Because moral reasoning is required, right? It's required to make judgments about the world, right? But a big I wouldn't part say impossible. Of, uh, I would just say it's not going to turn out the way we want it to. A big part of what's been going on, though, oh, is that the... Uh, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, it's okay. I, I think that in a lot of cases, the goal of you know whoever's doing this is to remove our ability to make judgments. That's right. You know, They want us to not be able to differentiate between right and wrong or good mm-hmm. and bad. Simply because they want the order to maintain? Well, because they want to get their thing across. You know. Well, it turns out that discriminating between right and wrong is the is is important to discriminating between red white and blue falling down going upstairs like the apprehension of physical reality is informed by your morality it turns out there's a reflexive relationship between the two well, and and by removing mm-hmm. this moral judgment you can you can remove the ability of people to understand what's happening to them and that's what's well, going well, on too with the drag story hours and everything is yes. you have kids come in they look around and they're like, this is super creepy. And then the parents are like, no, this is totally normal but, but, and good. But explain the, the AI thing. Why do you think it's not possible? So um, what we're really doing with AI is we're doing fancy curve fitting. So, um, and we, we put a nice name on it and we do all stuff. But what it is basically doing is curve fitting to very complicated functions. And it can mimic a lot of the decision-making abilities of humans. It can um, it can be really effective if it's layered, so-called deep learning. 
where it's layered. So you're doing essentially curve fitting on curve fitting on curve fitting on curve fitting. But what it can't do is things that, that humans do. It cannot look at its environment and make judgments independently about its environment. Like one of the hardest problems in AI is to teach um, a system to just recognize a kitten. It's, an in, it's, it's a notoriously difficult problem to get it to just optically recognize a kitten, something which, which a two-week-old newborn can do. What do you mean it can't recognize a kitten? It, can't, it, it turns out that kittens have a fuzzy enough look that's very difficult wow. for them to discriminate it. But yet a child with the kinesthetic perception, once it holds... And remember, we're talking about two-week-old infants yeah. that don't have object permanence. So when you remove it from their sight, they think it doesn't exist anymore. Right. That's why they get. That's why you can play peekaboo with kids, because <laughs> you appear again out of yeah. nowhere, right? They don't have object permanence. So, but they, you could teach a child that age to discriminate a kitten, but you can't teach AI. It's very difficult to do. We'll get there, I think, though. And one of the also one of the hardest problems is called the the location problem. What if you just plop an AI down in a hallway and get it to recognize where it is, figure out where it is? This turns out to be extremely hard without the contextual information provided by innate human knowledge about the world. In some sense, what kind of what Kant was talking about, that there are categories of perception by which we structure knowledge, that's not possible for AIs. Well, I, I don't, I think we just haven't developed the technology to get there. I think it's possible that, have you seen like the Boston Dynamics robot? Mm -hmm. Yes. I think you can put uh, some kind of algorithmic learning uh, system within it and let it mill about and eventually they'll start discovering and mapping things and then mm -hmm. understanding and all that stuff. No, I don't actually don't disagree that it would do that. But what I'm what I'm disagreeing with is whether that's intelligence. So yeah. let me give you an example. I suppose uh, that goes to the question of the soul then ultimately. Sorta, but actually we can just restrict ourselves to just mathematical logic. You know, in mathematical logic there's two separate categories of research. One is called model theory, one is called proof theory. When your computers here do mathematics or arithmetic they don't understand what the numbers mean, right? So it turns out that what math mathematicians are actually doing is they're creating what are called formal languages. And these formal languages have three particular elements that make them up, and they've been thoroughly studied. Mathematical logic is like the linguistics of mathematics mm -hmm. and studies these languages. They have one particular property that natural languages don't have. And that is that every grammatically correct sentence is guaranteed to be true. What do you mean by that? Elaborate. So um, if you follow the rules of algebra, you don't need to know what the numbers mean. You'll get the right answer. As long as you followed all the rules, right. you'll get the right answer. You could see symbols on a page. And, and, that, and know that that was no. That's called proof theoretic reasoning. So We're just to, using to, grammar rules. To simplify, if I understand that three as a symbol yes. represents three objects, yes. and you can represent that with, say, sticks, yes. even if I did not know what those represented, if you knew the rules of how the numbers play you'd still with each get other. the right answer. Yeah. So that's how computers do mathematics. Right. The computer doesn't know that two right. would be represented by two physical objects. Right. It doesn't know what two means. It doesn't know what it means. Yeah. But humans usually do mathematics using model theory, where we with the number means something. In mathematical logic, a model is when you actually assign meaning to the undefined terms. So if you're doing geometry, you have points and lines, you give them some meaning. Say a point is a dot on a page and a line is a straight, a straight uh, you know, ruler on a page. You give it a meaning. Well, here's the amazing thing about formal languages. Um, that any sentence that's grammatically true, just for proof theory, without any meaning to the terms, is guaranteed to be true in all models. 
So it turns out no matter how you define points and lines, if the axioms are true in that model, all of the sentences will be true too. So all the theorems are true. That's not true in natural language. So what the AIs are really doing is a kind of proof theoretic. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Way of trying to make their way in the world. It's not, doesn't understand the meaning of what it's doing. This is, uh... That's what you would find terrifying about them. I find the whole thing terrifying because I think where we're headed is... I saw an ad for a, a program that can generate any video. So everybody's been playing with these various AI mm-hmm. uh, model model uh, and art programs. There yes. was like Stable Diffusion. We did a bunch of bits on the show where we like, you know, Donald Trump hugging Joe Biden. And right. the photo's awful and doesn't really work. Right. But now you've gotten, what's that, what's that really popular one that everybody's using? Chat GPT? No, 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 no. The picture generator. Uh, oh, my God. Oh, I use right, Nightcap. Right. It's, it's, it, it's called Mid Journey. Mid Journey. Uh, what was that? You just uh, bumped us off? It's because I took the mic off and I just hit the wrong button. Oh, <laughs> okay, so sorry. Everybody's using MidJourney, but there's another app that can make videos. Now, obviously, there's a big controversy over deep porn, yep. where that streamer was watching it. Yep. And uh, so I think where we're going is, right now, what we can see based on the tools that exist, mm-hmm. it is entirely possible to combine these things and say, okay, give me the scene it's a it's a, a bar and there's yes. three guys and they're about to have a fight. Yes, you could create the AI models, then tell the machine to make this scene with these models, mm-hmm. and it will. You will be able to write a movie and then press go, and it will apply the script, the character names, the description of everything. I agree. The script can be put in, and this is possible literally right now. Yeah. All we have to do is combine the components that already exist sure. and are purchasable. You can then take an existing script file. Name, description, character, sound of their voice. It's all in the script. Mm-hmm. The, the, and then the machine will render that for you. But here's the thing. That's technology today mm-hmm. that we simply need to connect. It already exists. Yes. Where we will actually go is you will be sitting in your room and you'll be like, uh, computer, make me a movie about cowboys uh, on, in 1870 and uh, they awaken a dragon. And he's got to save his son. And the machine will just generate everything instantly for you. Right. The scary thing to me that, about how nightmarish it is, is we are going to, especially with Neuralink and VR, mm-hmm. we are going to tell the computer, get, generate for me a world where I am the king and everyone loves me and I have to fight a dragon. And then you put the headset on and you go into this soulless, yep. masturbatory fake reality. Yes. That's where we're headed. Yes, that's where we're headed. Yes. Directly. I agree everyone. with all that. The question that becomes, what is humanity and what do we want humanity to be? And what do we feel our value is? And do we have a value beyond how we can entertain ourselves? I, I read a great quote a long time ago, and it said, if humans ever shake hands with aliens, they will be congratulating each other not over, over not because they've overcome nuclear weapons, but, beca- but because they've overcome the Xbox. Mm-hmm. That is, wow. everything that we are doing 
as humans is to trigger our dopamine. Yes. You take a look at how humans used to live. And we talked about this with Jack Posobiec, I think. It used to be the norm that you would be out in the middle of nowhere struggling to find food, that you wouldn't always have everything mm-hmm. you needed. Then we figured out how to basically isolate everything. So what do we do? We take pure sugar, combine it with pure fat, and then we guzzle it down right. until our hearts stop Speak working. Speak for yourself. I'm well, done with I that. Don't. Yeah, I don't either. I stopped doing that a while ago. Thank God. I mean, a dessert here and there is fine. But imagine this. Mm. That we've taken beets and we've extracted the sugar and hyper-concentrated. That we took an orange, which is delicious and healthy, yes. and we smashed all that juice. That one wasn't even hard. Right. So that, what we're doing is whatever feels good, but it's just like we're just basically electrocuting ourselves, overstimulating until mm-hmm. we die. That makes me think what we were talking about earlier about morality, because I think some people conflate morality and pain. They think that if it's they painful, do. that means that it's not moral. They but do. the reality is a lot of painful things are the moral thing to do. I want to I bring something up. In this vein, there. Uh, so this is something my friend sent to me earlier today, and he, I get this text message with a very weird audio clip of my friend telling me that he, he's obsessed with Joe Biden, <laughs> and I'm just like, "What are you? What is this?" It's like not a very political guy. Okay. And then he sends me a link to elevenlabs.io, where you can add anyone's voice. I've, I I put my voice in, and I'll just leave it at this. I, I don't want to name anybody because I don't want to. I, I don't. This is a, a creepy thing. But there are a variety of different podcast hosts. I've uploaded. I, I took a sample of their voice, okay. and I was able to deep fake their voice in two seconds. I'm not exaggerating. What? I clicked add voice, drag and drop MP3, thumb snap, and it does it. So, so first, I'll show you this. This is speech synthesis from Eleven Labs. This is their generic Adam. It's what their their default is. I typed in. This is not a real person talking. Okay. It's a deep fake. Let's generate. See what it sounds like. We need volume. Do we have volume? Uh, yeah. It's generating though, so it takes a oh, second. Cool. Yeah, you gotta gotta give it a second. This is so freaky. I heard my own voice earlier today. Was and so we're gonna weird. play your voice. Oh, this God. is not a real person talking. It's a deep fake. Let's try that again. This is not a real person talking. It's a deep fake. There you go. So you can type in basically anything. And um, when I first heard this, I went, "Well, that's really cool." I've heard robot voices before. I'm not super concerned about it. Right. But then we decided to. Uh, oh, which one should I play? Play them all. Here we go. <laughs> Hi, I'm Luke Rudowski, and I don't know how to pronounce my own last name. That's Seamus Coglin, by the way. Well, it's a deep fake of Seamus Coglin. Of Seamus? That's Seamus. That's yeah. Luke. That sounded like Seamus. That was Luke. Play that again. Hi, I'm Luke Rudowski, and I don't know how to pronounce my own last name. I'm going to go with Seamus. I think that's Luke. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Ian Crossland, and I'm not wearing any pants today. That sounds like Chris Poole. <laughs> no, that it was. Up, guys? That I'm sounded just like. And I'm not wearing any pants today. Ever. Oh. Ever. I really Ever. like that guy. <laughs> that does sound... He did some really great things, like, like bringing you. peace to the Middle East. Um, Yo. Um, you gotta let it play, Ian. Trump is the best president ever. I really like that guy. <laughs> like, you just gotta he lay some there, really great things, like bringing peace to the Middle East. Um, um, so we have a whole bunch of different... Uh, uh, should, I, should I play? I'm gonna yeah, play. It's so weird, because we like, I'm ready? not responsible for what comes out of that guy's mouth. <laughs> Dude, don't tell Wesley I told you this, but we kissed last night. I think we're in love. <laughs> I do love Wesley, by the way, but not like that. So I don't want to play other people's voices that uh, aren't affiliated with this company or the show. Okay. But um, let me just tell you, name your favorite high-profile personality. It is freaky good you said on you, some of them. You got that all those voice clips from one MP3 that you that you sent the machine? I took... Like five to ten seconds of different people's voices, uploaded it, 
There was no rendering. Five to ten seconds it and there, can do it. There was no rendering time. It's amazing. No rendering time. You just upload it, and then I pressed the rendering is when you type in the text, and we were able to make Ian say a whole bunch of stuff. And uh, uh, did you try your voice? My voice didn't work. Do you have an example? What? No. I'm, I'm Why interested. would that be? <laughs> because it wasn't. I have no idea. I wasn't able to do it. I I put in a a not that large of a file because ten megabytes is the maximum. And what came out sounded just kind of like someone trying to impersonate me by talking quickly, but mm. it didn't sound like me. Okay. And my brother tried; it didn't work on him either. So I'm I'm, I'm glad about that, <laughs> by the way. But um, this really freaked me out because wow. some of the voices we were able to generate. And again, the reason I'm not naming these people because you have to imagine what it would be like if someone were to play your voice. Right. It is freaky. So what's the upshot of all of this? So we have there's no upshot. We have like someone, no. I some, mean, there's look, like so once we have everybody's voice and deep porn and like all of this stuff, mm-hmm. how are you ever going to tell somebody who you are as opposed here's to who you, the the fake you is? People are going to take the voice of a famous actress mm-hmm. and they're going to put it in this and they're going to generate her saying things like "I love you," "Sure," "I will marry you," "Oh, you're a dream come true," well, that's and then they're the going to put their version. Th- sure, yes, exactly. That's the vanilla version. Yeah. Then they're going to put their face on the body. Of course. Then they're going to put the VR headset on, mm-hmm. and that's where we're headed. That's exactly so where we're real headed. Real life, and now imagine Neuralink, where you can actually trigger sensory perception. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now people are just telling the machine, "Create for me celebrity X," and we're on our honeymoon. Wink, wink, you know where this is going. And oh, then, dear. well, you wouldn't even have to say wink, wink. You would just do the thing. I, I'm saying no wink, wink to the audience oh, here. I, I get see. it. You get it. What concerns yeah. me, I think what you were mentioning earlier, Jeff, is that people do weird stuff when they're by themselves. Like the, uh, <laughs> how the AI doesn't understand context like mm-hmm. humans do. So if, if the creator of the program wants to alter the definition of a word, you're like, I want to go out for a horse ride with my favorite. And they're like, okay, change what it means to a horse means slightly. And like, there's no way to context could the ai not like look at all horses across all time and and decide what a horse is yeah that that's what i mean by curve fitting it can kind of generate um a a general image of a horse it can even uh, look at particular aspects of horses and and do that it just doesn't understand what it really is yeah and it can't deliver that thing that is like reality even with Neuralink, i think it won't be able to quite do that. Well, that's what um, I think Cypher said in Matrix. The reason everything tastes like chicken. I th- right. yeah, it was Cypher said that, right? Right. Everything tastes like chicken because the robots didn't know what they didn't know what it tastes taste like. like. Yeah, yeah. So the thing then becomes too: who's going to maintain the machine? Like who's well, going to? That's, that's the ethical AI question that comes well, this, up a lot. This was um, I talked about this on the show a, a bit. My my sci-fi TV show idea. I'll give you the simple version. Did you hear me talk about this before? I have, yes. Go ahead. So the general idea is it's like the last city on Earth. Yep. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, the world is, is disrepair and destroyed. It's post-apocalyptic. Nobody in the last city knows why. There's like maybe like 10, 10 million people. And so they send out scouting parties. One day, a scouting party comes across strange, slender humanoid beings, super thin and tall in like chrome suits that have advanced technology that just wipe them out and kill them. And then the central conflict is between these groups. The humans think these are aliens that came and wiped out all mm-hmm. of humanity. The end of the season is the revelation. And it's like, if this was ever to be made a show, totally be ruined by me telling you this. <laughs> but the revelation is that these are actually humans. And what happened is around the end of the, 20, the, the, the 2000s, 2099 or whatever, humans began rapidly migrating to pods with Neuralink. 
just like how cell phones were adopted in, the, in a matter of a year or two, right. mm-hmm. everybody had one. Sure. Mm-hmm. Everybody eventually switches to the digital economy and lives in pods where all of their desires are maintained. So all the cities start falling into disrepair because the only thing you need to maintain is the machines that have feeding tubes into people's bellies like the Matrix to keep them alive as they experience paradise however they want. Right. But periodically, scout groups have to go out to maintain the machine, refuel it. Humans who did not go into these systems don't know what happened because think about it this way. If you were trying to understand the world right now but did not have the internet, would you know what was going on? No, you'd have very little no. idea. Exactly. Right. So if all news migrates to the metaverse right. and the people who outside of it don't have access to it, people who refuse to join for, for religious reasons or because they lived in the middle of nowhere and didn't have strong internet, just didn't care. So this is like, so the city as it exists in your scenario is like a few generations down the road. A few generations after, so like 2150. After the pod thing, yeah. So there's no records. Right. They, they're, they're, on, they're going online and they're like, for some reason, all internet records just cease around this point right. and newspapers stop getting printed. Something wiped out humanity. We don't know what. Mm-hmm. But it's it, not that they got wiped out. It's that they're like. They migrated. Right. They migrated to a place where they were not they, they weren't interacting anymore. With right now people this, in cities have, a lot of this have cell like phones. A... You can you still know people exist in cities. You can still get a newspaper, you can still drive to the city. But if everybody left the city, went underground into a pod to live forever or you for know, every 70 the... years, you would never see them. All you would know is one day you walked into the city and there were very few people. This is Nobody's the plot of working. the machine stops, the EM Forester novella was written in what 1911 19, that everybody goes 18? underground yeah everybody goes underground and they are fed and cared for by the machine um and they they basically like mating happens by machine hookups yep. uh and all of this stuff and then um the machine it stops it stops a hundred years later, and then a whole bunch of wacky stuff happens. People are being born stops. in pods who've never experienced the real world and will never leave. Mm-hmm. And there's only specially designated humans who are reality scouts to make sure the machine is functioning, who go out periodically Got it. with advanced technology. Because once everyone's in the machine, scientific simulation is rapid and exponential with all the power of the, the AI that they have. So then they have automation, which can synthesize and replicate and advance beyond people so who live outside the machine. We're looking at a situation where we're going to have Neuralink. We're going to have all these deep fakes and whatnot so that you can create your own reality inside your own pod. And we're going to have world government that keeps us specifically from moving around so that we don't mess up the environment. You'll own nothing and be happy. We'll own but, but nothing. If, <laughs> we'll be in our you pods. You could be in it right now. We'll have no freedom of movement. You could be in it right now for you all know? you know. And then you're going to have like one person who's, you know, yeah. who's uh, who's Winston in 1984 or right. the, um, the, the son character in The Machine Stops or... K in the trial or the castle, you know, you're going to have this guy who's just like looking around trying or to figure it out. You're in it right now. Well, I don't you think we're know. in it right now. You wouldn't know. Have any of you seen like a classic sci-fi film called Forbidden Planet from the 1960s? No. It's about a civilization that did this. Essentially, they created machines that could satisfy their every desire merely with mental mental stimulus. Um, and they developed a, from that machines that had out near infinite power. Um, it just, you know, in the 1960s, all that all happened on Mars, right? And um, so you uh, you find out that they destroyed themselves towards the end of this movie because what they didn't count on was the id, the monsters from the id. The subconscious mind began to make another reality, a terrifying reality that destroyed them. 
Because one of the things that in such a world where you're in a pod and you can make any world, your unconscious mind could take control yeah. and build things in the AI that you don't necessarily want. Um, and I always remembered that phrase from that movie, The Monsters from the Id. Elon uh, likes to talk about simulation theory. Yeah. And the general idea is that... He thinks we're in one. Well, the idea is that within the next 10 years, we will be able to create virtual reality indistinguishable from base reality. Right. And if that's the case, it stands to reason it's already been done before us. Or that if we did and were to create it, it could mm. have been created and we could be in it. So there's a, right. there's a simple mathematical formula. There's very little differentiation between saying that um, it, it's saying that we're in a simulation and it's all been created and uh, saying that there's thing. a God. Identical. Well, identical I, have to, I have to point out, this is Nietzsche's idea of the eternal recurrence, by the way. Yeah. yeah. What is it's that the exactly? the same concept. He says, look, everything that's been done has been done before. And it occurred exactly the same way. Well, Since in the 90s, a, we just said everything was derivative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I say is it's not a simulation. It's an MMORPG. What's that? <laughs> a massive multiplayer online role-playing game. Yeah, yeah. My son, uh, yeah. my son was telling me the other day he thinks we're living on the edge of the simulation. And I was like, why do you think we're not in the simulation? It's not a simulation. It's a game. <laughs> yeah. I think it's like if it, if it, you know, people say simulation, simulation. And I'm like, mm-hmm. right. I don't know. I think uh, I'd put my, my bet on MMORPG, meaning... A large number of people are players, and a large number of people are non-playing characters that facilitate <laughs> the existence of the game. I well, actually the don't NPCs think that would explain a lot. Exactly. Yeah, I don't think that there are any NPCs. I think that does a disservice to humanity and our relationship well, with the higher have power. You, have you seen this recent? I really like, listen. I animals understand. Animals are non-player characters. I understand why you would think that there are non-player characters of, of human beings, but I think it really. It. I. I don't think it just does those people a disservice i think it does us a disservice in our understanding of that that of humanity. moral argument doesn't change my perspective on people being npcs i don't want to believe it well yeah. that's fine well, with you. Not, i want to believe they're it. not I mean, truly non-human i, I want to believe they, they that everyone personalities. is you know have you seen this recent research Soulful. that about a third of human beings don't have an inner monologue yeah what's up yes. with that i don't know how and, to confirm yeah, or yeah, i don't that. understand that i don't understand that out. either I, that's what i'm talking about and have you ever seen the the test of mental imagery no. They show you. They, they say which one. When, when you're told to think of an apple, what do you see? And then they showed very varying pictures of apples. Mm-hmm. Some people can't visualize anything, nor can they think words in their own mind. I, my son was Amazing. asking me the other day. He was like, yeah. "Mom, do you think in sentences like you're talking to yourself?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he was like, "Yeah, me too." I, was like, okay. <laughs> I think cool. you got to learn called an inner monologue. Yeah. Some people don't have one. I, I think that's to, uh, wacky. How do you how do you go about life and figure out I, how to make decisions if I you're was, not constantly in communication with yourself? Well, so so I was uh, reading this story a long time ago, and I was hanging out with my friends, and I I was reading, and I was like, "Whoa!" I was like, "They're saying that a third of people don't have an inner monologue." And then one of my friends said, "What's what's an inner monologue?" <laughs> And I said, like, when you're thinking, sometimes you're, in, you're, you're, you're thinking right. like you're speaking almost. Like yes. in your mind, you have a train of thought that is various words. And then my friend was like, I don't know what that, I don't, I don't know what that is. Wow. Now, here's the other thing, too. I've, had, I've got tr- multilingual friends who explain their inner monologue switches back and forth. Right. Because they speak in different languages. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And then there are some people tell me they don't have one. And I ask my friend, like, then what are you thinking? And they're like, I don't know. And I'm just like, what? what's in your mind? Like, do you see pictures? Because the craziest thing for me is, you know, when I do these videos where I'm like just talking in a stream of consciousness, right. I'm actually on a multi-track mindset. Sometimes when I'm reading articles and talking, I'm imagining like I'm scheduling my day. I'm doing a bunch of things. Wow. 
Yeah. So to hear that some people don't even have a single tract was like, how do you function? Is it like stimuli? Is it this? Yeah. This is why I think that um, not not this solely. I don't think anyone, everyone who doesn't have an inner monologue is an NPC. But I think this is indicative of the fact that some people are NPCs. And we talked about on this show, there's this, I can't remember who brought it up. Maybe you know it, Ian. The theory that there's a finite number of souls and that there's yes. too many humans on the planet. So not every person is in sold. That's horrifying. That's a horrifying thought. Yeah, I think yeah, it's I more know, of a you resolution. You might not want to believe it, but there's no argument to, to uh, believe or disbelieve. I think it's like a, uh, a resolution scaling system where like I used to picture an apple. It was red, round apple. But now I picture like a highly refined. I can see the light shimmering off it when I visualize it only because I've developed my brain and my ability to by letting go of my shame and stuff like that. So. I, I think it's not that they don't have it. It's that they can't really see it because they don't understand what it is. But it's there, communicated. Their subconscious is constantly in communication. Think about if this. If you believe in the subconscious. I'm a skeptic on the subconscious. Do you, do you believe animals have souls? No. And so this I'm is... I'm an Orthodox Christian. Exactly. A typical Christian belief, only humans have souls. Right. Now, play a video game like uh, GTA. Mm -hmm. Do animals... Or no, no, let's do... Let's, do, uh, uh, let's play Skyrim. Okay. Do the animals just have just playing that yesterday? Do the animals yeah. in that game have souls? No. Well, nobody's nobody's playing them. There's yeah. no no There's one no... is in control. They just do this programmed based thing. Right. Now, for a single player game like Skyrim, no one but you has a soul because right. all the other thing you know. Now, in an MMO, you know that many of these people that are running around doing things, these other players, they're people, they're soul. They have souls. Yeah. There's a player behind it, but there are also animals running around that have no soul. I look around at the planet and I look at animals. And I don't see them as having souls. I like Bucko. I don't think he's a soul. How do you define a soul? A player character. I do not think animals are player characters. Do you think they're con conscious? I think there's varying degrees of what we define as consciousness, but I do not believe that animals have souls. Do you think they're sentient? I, well, perhaps elephants and maybe dolphins and some larger whales. Someone was saying Jesus is alive. Jesus Christ is alive. And I was like, I think the, what you want to start saying is Jesus Christ is sentient. Because his body died, so he's dead, but his soul lives on in the form of sentience, this like field of magnet of whatever it is, if it's plasma or something greater than that, that's still there interacting with us. Well, in orthodoxy, we reject the ghost and the machine idea. So we don't believe that a soul and a body are separate things. Mm. So uh, the way I have tried to describe so this. So would you say that you're like a physical physicalist? Yes. In a way, um, the way I've tried to explain this to secular people is you could look upon a soul as a transmitter, right? And, and the software program that runs the hardware that does the transmission is the soul, right? But you could also look at the soul as a receiver. There's a transmission from God, and your body is capable of receiving this transmission and, and, and understanding it and, and even interpreting it in certain ways. And when you die, the signal doesn't go away. The signal doesn't stop. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I think so. Like you've got your own magnetic field that's interpreting the greater field, yeah. and then that. That's why be... we believe in bodily resurrection. The body will be resurrected. Otherwise, your soul wouldn't be resurrected because mm. we're embodied beings. I think about simulation theory in terms of like video games, and uh, you were mentioning there's no difference. Uh, Libby, you mentioning there's no difference between a simulation and saying it's created. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about this before. I completely yeah. agree. So but the world is created. Do you if, think the world's created? Created. Well, I don't know, uh, but I, but okay. I, so I, 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 I don't know, agnostic for the most part. Mm -hmm. I'm not atheist though. I do believe in God, but um, created, I guess, I guess a simple answer is yes. And perhaps the process of 
whatever, what, whatever, whether you're believing in solid state theory or Big Bang mm-hmm. theory, whatever you want to believe, all of that is the process of creation. Yeah. Well, it's just, just transmutation. Nothing can ever be created or destroyed. That's what I, when I was teaching CCD at my church, um, I had a kid come in and his mom was making him go to, it's like, you know, catechism. It's uh, when you're, yeah, yeah, when yeah. you're uh, preparing for confirmation, which I'm is- I'm glad to hear know, that still goes on. One That's of the great. sacraments. Um, yeah, and so his mom was making him go and he was like, I'm an atheist. And I'm like, okay, kid, you're, you're 13. <laughs> like, that's cool. Be an atheist. Uh, and he was like, I don't believe in the afterlife. And I was like, okay, so, you know, what about, what about you know, the that energy can neither be, created nor destroyed and he was like yeah okay i believe in science and i was like okay so what happens to your energy when you die and he was like i don't i don't know it goes back into something and i'm like right so it doesn't die right so your energy in some form even in your scientific atheist um understanding of the world goes somewhere it has to continue on with it might what's be your, true that uh, energy me, can be created or destroyed i just we think it can't be at this we stage. think it can't be sure so, uh, and you, he you thought play, it couldn't you, be you so i got him games? on it oh yeah oh yeah what's, what's your favorite video game um i actually still like skyrim especially with the new updates i was just playing it with some of the plugins skyrim great yeah. uh what's the uh, white run yeah that's one, one of the, the cities? main yeah. cities yeah. in the game did, did, did anyone build those cities in the game like when you go into the game and walk up to the city, did any of those characters actually chop down the trees and construct those buildings? Uh, no. No, they didn't. It was it was created by yeah. the creator of the Even game. Even the house I live in in White Run in Ex- the game. And, right? and yeah. but to the characters, they're in buildings that, according to the right. lore, were created. Yeah. So I think it's funny when talking about simulation theory because the idea of a, a simulation versus a, a constructed or intelligently designed universe or a creator yes. is they're all the same idea. And then you consider this. Dinosaurs and fossils, when people say they were always there, I don't believe that the earth has been around that long. Many secular individuals or atheists will laugh and say that's absurd. We've done mm-hmm. carbon dating, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yes. And just like a video game, if we're in a simulation, they were drag and drop and placed there for purposes of the game for some reason. Well, and you have right. Christians who say that that's, that's what happened with archaeological finds, that right. they were placed there to be part of. Those our are, understanding. Like in a video book. game, the yeah. buildings are placed there and yeah. no one built them. There's an excellent book called Forbidden Archaeology. Um, there's a shorter paperback version of it, but it's just an analysis of about 1,500 archaeological digs in which when they do carbon dating, humans have been here way, way longer. They actually r- correct carbon dating to accord with evolutionary theory, even though the physical evidence contradicts it. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And this happens a lot. So, like, uh, what I've heard is if something's been exposed to the air uh, and you carbon date it, it's going to have a way later, right. or I think a later date. Right. Like, it's gonna like we have these famous recent. footprints in Texas um, where we have uh, dinosaur footprints. It's Dinosaur Footprints State Park, you know, and human footprints are also there. Dated to the same time. Someone was just saying but they 2 say million? It can't be. They say I, it can't be because of evolutionary theory. 
Yeah. I think it was Randall Carlson might have said that two yeah. million years. He thinks yes. humans have been around for two million years. Yes. Why does he think just that? keeps getting older and older? He they, didn't give but, any evidence at the time. But aren't they also not necessarily human beings? Like there are all these other humanoids, hominids. Yeah. Yeah, hominids. That's the word that like came before us, like Neanderthals mm-hmm. and all well, of these it, different kinds of. It's actually you guys are another one. You're overthinking it. It's actually much simpler. <laughs> Life originated on Venus, but a runaway greenhouse effect destroyed the planet. So uh-huh. the last humans, as the planet was falling apart due to a greenhouse effect, which led to you know sulfuric acid the, rain, built the Ark Project, which took the DNA from two of as many animals as possible. The military then launched it before the planet was destroyed, and they came to Earth, which they had been terraforming for some hundreds of thousands of years, and you know then disseminated the the genetics to create life. That, that would be a great. That was around to... the uh, the. The, the, the Precambrian area, which is why we see the Precambrian explosion, that's when the Ark Project deposited all of the new animals because we needed to now start colonizing Earth. Unfortunately, Venus was destroyed, and now we can't go back and check because the density the of, of the acid destroys our satellites when, and probes when they land. When I was a kid, I used to think <laughs> that um, all of the planets had been... Uh, um, consecutively inhabited. I see what you did there. And it would be like <laughs> <laughs> consecutively inhabited. So Earth, it was Earth's turn. Mars was had been inhabited, but it had lost its atmosphere. And so Mars was no longer inhabited. Wouldn't that and be now a, it's Earth. And it then be it'll be like movie. one a, by one. You know, I was going to say, a great movie because the, the great flood is on Venus, not on Earth. Right. And they, they, I was reading about how Venus may have once had an Earth-like climate because it's an, a relatively close enough to the sun, but a run, they, they do say a runaway greenhouse effect caused sulfur, you know, acid buildup, which destroys everything. And so I'm like, you know, it's yeah, a when, fun, fun idea. When the sun was smaller, it wasn't as hot on Venus. It just expanded and then essentially cooked the Got planets. It. Like Venus, they thought those were um, like uh, compact, mm-hmm. uh, comet impact, all these craters on Venus. But mm-hmm. now what they think is that the planet got so hot that it, it cooked and exploded out all this goo out of itself, basically baked and then exploded right. because of the sun. But the reason I think that life originated on Earth in this solar system is because of the moon. Because of this weird moon, like Thea smashed into Earth four billion years ago, came out, ball of magma that cools down into this moon that pulls on the tides and causes for all this unique gestation of life. That's not what happened. What happened was well, when Earth was forming, God clicked and dragged and dropped the moon and then typed in the parameters for stable gravitation. And that's why the moon and the sun line up perfectly creating an eclipse. You know, and then put a whole bunch there. of water on the planet yeah. for, the, for the moon to mess well, with. Well, physicists recognize <laughs> For this. the moon to mess with. <laughs> I mean, the phys- the, I get in conflicts with physicists all the time because being math guy, you know, we, d- we don't trust the existence of their abstract math entities and they believe these things exist sometimes. So, but they, they have this idea of this, what do they call it? The strong anthropomorphic principle that the universe does appear to have been designed for physicists to understand it. <laughs> I love it. And they don't know what to call it. You know, all these constants could have been all these different ways, depending on how the Big Bang went, but they all fell this way that human consciousness could figure it out. And they call it, there's a strong and a weak version of that principle. It, it, is it a joke? No, it's serious. Because I mean, I think people developed sensors to be able to read the universe. That's why we are sensors. Or at the very least, we're only having these conversations because we developed the ability to understand the universe. Yes. I was well, so like, uh, otherwise, we'd be rabbits running around just course, going meh, meh, at we, each other. Well, we, that would be the Garden of Eden, right? Yeah. I mean, when people yeah. talk yeah. about yeah, how yeah. The, the fall from grace in the Garden of Eden, I'm always like, I'm super grateful for that. Otherwise, we would actually not be the conscious beings that we are. It's like a you know discussion of how human beings became conscious. I was recently listening mm. to a, a podcast about the theory of evolution and how when Darwin came out with his theory, um, 
what happened was it was broadly accepted relatively quickly Mm -hmm. and all other theories about the you know origins of mankind were just tossed out as fake interesting i wonder if he knew somebody yeah i wonder about that as well like how did this theory uh how did it? How did it uh, explode and become the only theory that we consider? You know, you know what the worst religion would be. What's that? That we're in a video game, and when you die, you wake up at a Dave and Buster's, <laughs> like Blitz and Chips. And you're like, Rick and, and you're like out of chips on your card. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're like, you, you, like, like Rick and Morty, the the Roy game. <laughs> right, right. It's like you just wake up, and everyone's like, "That was a pretty good run. What did you do? You were a editor in chief for a independent media outlet." <laughs> I always thought Conan's religion was interesting. You know, he worshipped Krom, the god of strength. And if you were ever weak enough to have to call on his aid, he would kill you anyway. <laughs> I you like go. in the Klingon religion, and the Klingon yes. warriors killed all of the gods hundreds right. of years ago. Right. <laughs> what That's what is your one. trade? Like, you're saying you're a math guy? Yeah. What is yeah. your main, like, studies and and I was focuses? trained as a topologist. Um, but you can't feed a family on that. So I do statistics like most people, which leads me into AI. But I'm more interested in topology. Meaning like the study of the Earth's surface? No, no. Uh, to, to, oh, man, what's a way to explain this? So there's a set theoretic definition of this, but that will not be helpful. Uh, okay, so imagine that you have, a, you have a geometry. Could be Euclidean geometry, whatever. You have a geometry. And you take out the ability to measure distance. All right? So now you could think of everything as infinitely stretchy. There's no concept of distance. I got it. Right? Relationships. Well, in that kind of a scheme, a circle and a square and a triangle are all the same shape, right? Because you can stretch them into the same shape. So instead of using a congruence relation like you would in, uh, basically you could define branches of mathematics by their identity relations, right? So a congruence relation in a geometry says if you overlay the two objects, they have the same exact outline, right? Right? In algebra, equality is the identity relation. It has to be the exact same number. A homeomorphism is the identity relation in topology, and it's basically can they be stretched into the same shape? Wow. Is yeah. that, real real is quick, a lot, of, science? a lot of people are, are, have been mentioning throughout the show that the balloon exploded over Montana. Wow. Really? And we didn't bring it up because, as much as I'm checking, all we have is a video, and it is confirmed. Uh, well, it's not confirmed, but it's re- reportedly BS. Uh, yeah, because I uh, thought it was actually moving east. I thought it was over Missouri right. at this point. So uh, there's a video going viral showing something coming down, and everyone's saying, explosion, explosion, mm-hmm. this is it. And uh, Ryan Saavedra says, video's likely totally totally BS. Billing says we're not aware of any explosions. And defense officials tell uh, Fox News, the balloon over Montana has not been exploded, was not shot down by videos, and videos are fake. Yep. And it's still over Montana? Well, it's moving. No, it's moving east. And apparently and there's, there's the, more. And for some reason, wow. the Pentagon is just letting it move east. I mean, it's, it's so humiliating. <laughs> like... I- <laughs> I feel humiliated by our government that they're just letting this happen. Like, uh, blow the thing know, up. Just blow it up. I want them to capture it. Just take it. it down. I was thinking what happens is the Chinese were running a border scan across the southern Canadian border. Well, Canada and got blown was talking about it, Are we too. sure it's Chinese? I mean, oh, we, no. We, yeah, we, no. Yeah. It is. China, China said it was theirs. It, it's yeah. theirs? They just okay. said it was a civilian mistake. They said, don't worry about it, you guys. It's totally fine that we're doing this. I, I, like, and then the how Pentagon can we let it stay it up there? It makes no sense. It's it humiliating. Like, they got to at least bring it down and study it. I'm, I'm no so, sense. I have so little faith in this government. I'm just like, I'm chilling. One Is that point, a PSYOP though? Could it be ours and they're just saying that? Yeah. No, no, no. China, at least a, an official statement saying it's a Chinese civilian aircraft that veered off course. But that we, could be a joint declaration by the U.S. government and the Chinese I government. You know, the DOD them. has $1.9 trillion budget and we can't take, we can't take down a, 
A balloon? <laughs> we can. That's the thing. Well, we won't. A drone could probably One do it. I don't know if a drone can go $30,000. trillion. Dollars. I think there was For confusions because it said it's over MO, the state MO, which is Missouri. Missouri. But yeah. it's, that's in the other side of the world compared no, to Montana. that's because it's going it east. It's moving east. It's a balloon. It travels. Yeah, I thought it was Missouri. It's not like a Missouri's static. got South Dakota, Nebraska, and Iowa between yes, Montana. It moved. It's I thought a jet stream. To Missouri. It's in <laughs> yes. Missouri now. Yes. I thought it was in high atmospheric orbit. I thought it was like 80,000 feet. Yeah, something super high. Okay, and, and I guess okay. they said that it was moving towards the center of the country. That's what the Pentagon said. They said, said. it was moving east. Yeah, it's the jet stream. That's that's what happens. That's where it goes. I hate to, you know, this makes me remember Japan in World War II. Those, those bombs. They built balloon bombs. Yeah. I mean, this would be a, a way to deliver a... You know, a large, huge explosive. I watched well, or some documentary. Else, or like the I, things I was that watching a documentary wipe out show all of our where electronics. Some, some little kids in like the eighties found an un, unexploded bomb and they like hit it with a rock and it blew up. And what had happened is they explain how Japan would make these balloons that had a mechanism for when they got hot and got too high, then uh, it would like release pressure. But then if it got too low, a bag would fall off and then it would go back up and it would make it across the jet, st- jet stream and start dropping bombs on the United States. Yeah. Crazy. It makes me remember that. They found uh, kids after World War II in um, England found unexploded ordnance. It was always an issue. I'm so concerned about this balloon. But Fugo not go balloon bomb. Not the balloon itself. It's the behavior wow, and the response to having a Chinese spy balloon. Yes, that's the concern. The that's the concern. Why are we not doing anything? Why is the government just like, hey, it's that's totally what cool. Make sense. It's totally so, cool that we have this spy balloon. And you know what else the Pentagon said? The Pentagon said, um, you know, China already has spy satellites, so there's nothing that they can see now that they haven't been able to see with the spy satellites. Yo, they built nine thousand three hundred of these. These balloon and things? Of the ones that made it to the US, only six people were killed by them they were extremely ineffective wow yeah they just didn't work wow they probably had no guidance mechanism right it's just random just the jet stream so it bombed oregon i guess but this chinese balloon probably has some way to guide well this chinese balloon also is giving china a whole lot of information about how stupid we are and we don't respond to anything it's like here's a major threat we're not going to respond to it at all a lot of people are saying because they have low earth satellites this isn't that big of a deal but like how do you know that you also, need to break that thing apart and look at the nanostructure of the materials used to build it. It could be sensors. It could be all these sensors. Plus, even like infrared symbolically, data. even symbolically, like get the get it out. Yeah, the sky. it makes me want to get a gun yeah. and yes. protect myself in case the Chinese yes. send another balloon over my house. Yes, we should all have like RPGs. Take this. It's not going to make thing it. down. There's like this whole. You need pattern. to set up another balloon. Another balloon to take to, it down. To be able to get that high up, what, 80,000 feet or whatever? Yeah, yeah. High, high atmospheric. Uh, but we have, way up we have yeah. people who do that. Like, we have those guys who go all the way up to the top of the, you know, way above the atmosphere and they jump off platforms. And they're well, like, oh, like a one seeker. Guy. All right, we have yeah, one guy, guy. And who it's does really that. dangerous because it, obviously uh, you start it's spinning. dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> it looks yeah, pretty Yeah, if you start spinning, you can't stop. Right. And there's no wind. Then you're done. What were you saying about the structure of it? You saying something bothers you about the structure of this? Well, look, I mean, there's a pattern here. Like, we don't protect our southern border, right? We, we know we could interdict all these drugs. We don't, right? We can drone people all over the Middle East, but we can't drone drug, drug dealers in Mexico. Um, we're, now we're not protecting our, our airspace from just blatant intrusion by Chinese spy balloons. We have an incredibly there's, old, doddery man as president like a who whole, doesn't seem to care at all. Yeah, there's just like a whole program here. I, I actually don't believe that the president's in control of the military. I, ever since Trump, Trump is what proved that to me. 
right? Well, so because the, why? I really don't even look at the, well because Trump tried to pull our troops out of Syria and they lied. And the they lied. Do yeah. it, yeah. Shell even games. on small things, they they refused. He ordered military parades every year of his presidency, and they refused <laughs> to do it. I would have loved to see a military parade. That yeah. would have been badass. I know. Cool. Millie actually gave him the middle finger and put a tank out there and just let it sit there. Wow. I mean, they literally gave him the middle finger. I, I was heard that Biden wanted to shoot it down, gave the order. I don't know if he gave the order, no, but they, he wanted to. Pentagon said not. Pentagon said not it. a good idea. Biden was asked about it when he was talking about some garbage, stupid thing that he's got planned right now. And uh, instead, he just looked at the reporters and walked out the room. It's so thing. strange how we give China, in some ways, we're so militant towards China by rhetoric. Well, we can't decide if they're competitors we never or do enemies or allies. Just never do anything. It's odd. Meanwhile, they have, uh, China said that their military needs to be ready by, what was it, 2027 to invade Taiwan? And Biden has said that we will militarily defend Taiwan. Jeez. So now we're, we're literally looking at, in our lifetimes, a two-front war against China and Russia. This is a disastrous situation. I mean, if Obama was talking about the managed decline of the United States, this is the managed destruction of That's the United I, States. It's not even a decline. It's just like, hey, let's just destroy ourselves. I called it this with, uh, I, and I, I did a video right. leading with Jack Posobiec's story about how his neighborhood fell apart. It's a slow motion controlled demolition. We've said it tons yeah, of times. Yeah, I time. love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I get the vibe that the Chinese are terrified we're going to invade them. And so they're like, if they invade us, we need to know what their northern border is secured like because we will have to send troops through Canada. We're not an invasive force. We don't have the ground troops for an invasion. And we we also don't have the base. Right. The United States is an air superiority military. That's that's how we win. So we've got missiles. Exactly right. What they're concerned about is Taiwan. They're, I think they're getting ready to, to invade Taiwan. That's why we just put a bunch of we're putting a bunch of stuff in the Philippines now. And, and I think these balloons most likely are they need as much data as possible. And so it, you know, there's a lot of questions like why aren't they using satellites? Satellites have to keep moving for the most part. I mean, there's geostationary orbit. Yeah, this is going very slowly. They have to crisscross to be able to track different areas. This balloon can move around, and I think most likely, like I said yesterday and on my show earlier. The guy robbing a liquor store doesn't care that he has a gun illegally because he's already planning on committing a greater crime in right. robbing a liquor store. Right. China doesn't care if we're mad about a balloon. They're already planning something that's going to piss us off. So screw right. it. Well, there's there's all kinds of ways of doing reconnaissance. Like their satellites could be looking at all of our electronic emissions trying to detect the balloon and learning all about yep, our electronic right. detection systems. This is the kind of stuff that goes on, right? Yeah. yeah we, know, we, it, the like, Russians are actually masters of that. You want to be like almost like, oops, we accidentally pulled the balloon down somehow. I right. Just shoot it down. Just shoot the. Well, just then, shoot it down. Then, then you got no evidence. Maybe they can't. So I have Why this theory. Why could they not? They sent it's up- 80,000 feet and it's not something where it's just like dispatch X to go do it. You need if an ASAP missile. Yeah. Right. You need an anti-satellite missile to get it. Yep. It's too high for a jet. So what do you do? Another balloon. Yeah. Another balloon carrying a bunch of blades or something? Listen, if we have a $1.9 trillion defense budget and we can't take down a balloon over no, our no, airspace, no, that is no. so stupid. It's that we can't deploy anything right no, now. No, I understand that. So we have to build it, which you can't just do instantly. Well, that's dumb. And we've we outsourced all already. of our production to China. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we so, call China. Can you build an anti-balloon? Which so is now also we cannot... so stupid. I mean, Trump at least was like trying to get drug manufacturing back in the U.S. He was trying to convert, what was it, the Kodak factory up in Rochester yeah. to turn it into like, uh, what was it, like for, basically Lasers. for ibuprofen or whatever? Yeah. Lasers could take it down, people are pointing out. 
But um, you still have to get within a certain range for the laser to you be effective. Do. I mean, 80,000 feet mean is still... That's a lasers? long ways. That's a long way for a laser. So, But maybe they could get uh, halfway up with some kind of high-altitude drone, yep. and then and they do have those. Supposedly, then, we have ASAT missiles that can shoot satellites. I don't know if there's a laser that can... But do they work? Hit maybe 40, we gave them all feet. to Ukraine. I'm actually skeptical that a lot of our technology works. I agree. Our 777 artillery, very simple machine. It's just... Absolutely inferior to Russian artillery. The Ukraine conflict has proved that, right? That and um, the, I think the, a lot of the stuff is made to enrich the defense companies. Yeah. Not well, that's to why we had to have a war enemy. with you. That's why but we had also, to help I, Ukraine's war was to line the pockets of the people. Who, 100%. ICBMs are in disrepair. Yeah. Yeah. So, and yet Russians have hypersonic missiles that we know have they've launched in, in Ukraine and work. And they're they're 100% stealthy and undetectable by radar because of the plasma. That that develops in front of them. Oh, awesome! So they're stealthy and hypersonic, and okay. our cities are just really vulnerable. And the they're shooting what sixty four thousand? I think was what Colonel McGregor was saying sixty four thousand artillery rounds a day. Wow! And they're going to blow up all our tanks. And Ukraine can barely muster five thousand, and they've wiped out the artillery round stores for all the NATO countries. Like we're not we're not industrially prepared for war anymore. No, yeah. we're not. It's ridiculous that. Yeah. 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 Russia knows We've it. done a very poor job. So does China. Yeah. And I think there's a, something to be said for innovation. You know, there's an old saying in manufacturing that innovation happens on the shop floor. Right. So when you outsource manufacturing, the innovation the goes innovation. over there because it's from solving real world problems that you learn how to innovate. The Russians have never outsourced. And the sanctions, paradoxically, forced them to develop their own internal industries, which I think bolstered internal innovation. Well, and China outsources, but only for uh, the purpose of gathering resources. 100%. I was thinking about France and World War II, because mm-hmm. they were like the superpower on Earth next to Germany and Japan. But, right. And then they were just taken off the table in the early days of the war. Like if the United States, if China were to invade the United States in like three weeks mm-hmm. with tactical nuclear strikes on the coastal cities and, and invasion of the capital. The thing is, we can work decentrally now, so it's, it's a lot harder to to nullify a country by taking the capital. But like, we think like if there was a world war between the United States and like the United States could be removed from the game in the first days if sure. we're, if we're stupid. I mean, land warfare, we, I don't, I don't actually think the NATO alliance could possibly beat Russia. We don't have enough guys. Land warfare. Yeah. In naval warfare. In land warfare. Land. We just don't yeah. have enough stuff. But I don't think guys. the Ukraine thing is attacking Russia. That's where I differ from a lot of my friends on the right. They think that we're trying to attack. I think we're trying to destroy Germany. Oh. Yeah. That's I what think I think. Like they're trying smart. to bankrupt and destroy Germany like they were doing de-industrialize to us. To deindustrialize Germany, which was the program in World War One and World War II. Yeah, but then well. we paid to rebuild them. Yeah, we did. So yeah. why would we want to corrupt our investment at this point? For the same reason World War One started. We will not allow a an alliance between Germany and Russia. You mean it it's, wasn't Archduke Ferdinand? Yeah. The British <laughs> you mean killed by the Black Hand Society, financed <laughs> by the British Foreign Service? Sure. Yeah. Uh but the, the McKinder thesis, you can look that up, but it's a long-running um, sort of foreign policy idea, a British foreign policy idea, that there are land peoples and sea peoples. And uh, Anglo-sphere foreign policy has been completely directed toward prevention of an alliance between Europe and Russia. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So there's always got to be. And, and so the, the Nord Stream pipelines directly threatened that. It was creating an alliance between Germany and Russia. Wow. And, I mean, and Russia was actively attempting to come into the Western economy. They, wa- they, were, they were moving away from China into the Western economy. Um, and uh, Anglo foreign policy cannot allow that. Um, and has historically, literally from, since the 1600s, been completely directed at preventing that. That's what World War I was actually about. It was, it, and so we, we're literally deindustrializing Germany with high energy costs right now. Yeah, and we killed that whole pipeline. We're also destroying... Um England with the high energy costs. Yes, we are. More people freeze every year because of extreme temperatures than die of any kind of heat exposure. Yep. All right, let's go to Super Chats. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, and become a member at TimCast.com to support our work. And uh, you get access to a massive library of uncensored members-only shows and support our cultural endeavors. But let's uh, read what you guys have to say. We got JTTV. Scott says, release the code, meaning your entire network of influencers. Ian has the most honest roles. (laughs) Oh, very nice. Hey. So we have a lot of comments early on where people were saying it looked like the balloon was shot down, but it's... I see. Yeah, not, not, seems to be not the case. All right, let's see. Okay, Alex says, this man's story is extremely important and needs to get out. Meanwhile, the chat is spammed with Eliza Blue nonsense. Respect the quartering, but y'all need a life. Well, you know, it is what it is. We're here to talk about uh, Jeff's story. Matthew Witt says, I've been trying to tell people about Jeff Younger, but all the liberals tell me I'm lying or the mother has the right to do that. I'm sorry for the situation. I would be mortified. Yeah, what is the next on the horizon now for you legally? Um, they're they're going to push me into an early trial as soon as they can. The judge will probably clear the docket and let it get done because they want to get this trial done before Texas passes a law requiring parental consent. And then what will happen after that, it will happen probably, I'm guessing, right at the six-month mark is how the judge will do it. And then uh, it's possible for the California courts to take over jurisdiction since she will have lived there for six months. Mm. And then my kids fall under California laws. But if Texas passes the law that gives both parents... I'm, I'm going to try again to get an order to have them return to Texas and give me emergency jurisdiction over them. All right. Here's one. This is actually seemingly insulting, but also actually kind of... Um Respectful, Zach Harrington says, Ian's willingness to say things that would embarrass a normal person is absolutely inspiring. <laughs> but actually, I think that's a compliment. It's it is. so key. Because I agree. there are a lot of people that should say something but are worried about what other people think and won't say it. And uh, Ian will say what he thinks. He will. It's freeing, too. Like, it, they laugh at first, and it's like, oh, I hurt, I hurt. But then eventually you realize, like, they don't laugh as much anymore. Mm. All right. Stephen Says says, ask Jeff if he ever considered getting a bishop or priest to do an exorcism on his wife. Um, Well, we converted into orthodoxy. And prior to conversion, we went through an exorcism. uh, And then at at baptism, another exorcism. And then when my sons were born, we have what's called a churching period. So the children and the mother are not allowed in church for 40 days, and then they come and are exercised and brought into the body after 40 days. So that's three of them. What was the exorcism like? Um, The prayers of exorcism, uh, one, uh, require that you uh, spit on the devil's name. You literally spit to the West. 
Um, and um, that's to determine if you're under his influence. And um, they ask for the Holy Spirit to remove any infernal influence. Um, and it's it's a it's prayed. The exorcism prayers are prayed by the entire church. Do people not cry? Just the Sometimes, cr- yeah. It's like a, you're literally exercising the soul. Yeah, yeah. But you know, orthodoxy is somewhat different than Roman Catholicism in that we do not uh, uh, generally approve of moving the passions in church. So, yeah. Blue Collar Henry says, this is exact the exact reason MGTOW exists. No marriage until law changes. Well, yeah. If you go to my Twitter feed, you'll see that I was swarmed by feminists when I suggested that men uh, may have to start using surrogacy and adoption if they want to have children. And I mean, a lot of conservatives and religious people are really mad at me right now over well, that. Well, surrogacy and is feminists. an abomination, and it's, it's, uh, surrogacy should be entirely illegal, commercial surrogacy. What, what about you, someone what about else hosts s- the baby? Eggs? Yes. It's not someone else, no. It's when you rent a woman's body, yeah, you jack rent her a full of drugs, and then take her baby once it's born. Oof. Yes. Brutal. I call it pre-adoption, so I, I don't think it, it's as bad. I, it's, it's, it's extremely... Well, you've never been pregnant. I mean, I could not imagine. It's absolutely a but horror It's someone show. else's egg? The woman is hosting someone else's egg? Yes. Usually. Which also, in order to host someone else's egg, uh, you have to take drugs to prevent um, or organ rejection, the same kind of drugs that wow. you would to do that. You have to go through IVF drugs. I mean, it's like, it's an insane process. And it's very much like prostitution, except you're getting screwed for nine months. But unfortunately, it's the only way for fathers to be secure in their posterity under the law. There's absolutely no reason. I think we should change the laws. There's absolutely no reason that women should be subjected to men's whims and have their bodies forced to uh, force into that for money. There's, there's absolutely. Well, I mean, it's consensual if they're, it if is they're getting money, ideally. I mean, I agree that sure. should, no one should be forced into Sure, it. it's consensual to buy women. Yeah, you can buy women with money. You can definitely do that. You can, you can definitely do it. But that doesn't make it right. And it certainly doesn't make it something that You're should be legally sanctioned. Renting, Libby. Yes. <laughs> I'm so opposed to surrogacy. Leasing. You have no idea. It's a lease. But, lease but are you as, as opposed to the single mo- single motherhood? Uh, I'm a, I'm as opposed to single motherhood by choice, where you would okay. get a sperm donor okay. and do that. I'm 100% opposed to that. What as about well. getting pregnant naturally, but uh, not getting married or rejecting the father? Those kinds of things. I don't think that's great. I don't think that's a great situation, but if you get pregnant and you keep your child, you know, and you do right by your child, I'm in favor of that. Mm-hmm. All right. Patriot says, I sympathize with Jeff. I went through the same thing with two daughters and a drug abusing ex-wife who'd have gang members, dealers, and drugs yep. caught on tape, leaving them for hours and drug deals with them present, berated by judges for suing for full custody. Yeah. In general, because of the money interest, I told you about Title 4 d the family courts generally give the child to the dysfunctional parent. Because the, the res- responsible parent will pay. And make money. The drug dealer will never pay the child support, and they'll never get the money. So they tend to give the child to the dysfunctional parent, and the functional parent will pay. Is that only if the dysfunctional one happens to be a woman? Is it I something had, no, 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 mother? No, 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 no. There's, there's tons of mothers this has happened to in Texas, believe me. I had custody of myself awarded to my father. So oh. I was raised by my father. And then I had custody awarded to his ex-wife, who was not my mother. You did that by choice? No, no. no it no, all got courts. very screwed up. The, the whole courts. thing was very crazy. But I mean, I've been through so many divorce processes at this point. Yeah. In Texas, the stats are that in a divorce, this isn't generally, this is of divorce couples, 94.3% of the time, the father will get every other weekend. 
It's largely a father problem, but increasingly it is affecting mothers. As mothers, as as men become less responsible, mothers become the more responsible party. So the courts say she'll be the one to pay child support. What the heck? That makes no sense that you would give the kid to the less responsible parent. It doesn't for the child's benefit, but it does for the state budgets. And at that point, don't the people have a duty to step up and tell the state you've gone wrong? Every time I stand up and talk about the problem of single motherhood and the problem, the way that the child support industry promotes it, uh, Republican women go absolutely insane on me. They go insane on me. It is not a popular topic, even among Republicans. What is it specifically that they go insane about? They say you're anti-woman somehow because you're for traditional marriage. Like I want to get rid of no fault divorce. I, I think you should be a, you should be able to get divorced if the five faults one of the five faults are present. But no fault divorce needs to go away. If if you want to date someone, yeah. date someone. If you want to get married, Correct. marriage is something different. And the 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 arrangement outside of marriage should be fifty fifty custody, no child support, unless one of the parents is unfit. What what are the which five, does happen? What are the five faults? Uh, abandonment, uh, denial of affection, which is basically you don't have sex. Right, mm. fraud. Um, what would fraud be it, like? You have another family. <laughs> yeah, bigamy would be one. Bigamy would be a right. form of fraud. Um, uh, it's widely uh, hiding un- money and resources and stuff. Well, or it could go the other way. It could be that you say that you have more money than you did, or whatever. Mm. You you tempted someone to marry you under a lie. Ah, I see. Um, uh, abuse, and then neglect. Abandonment. abandonment. Oh, abandonment is different the, than neglect? You said, that, you, said, you said that already. Yeah, abandonment the is the first one. Yeah. Abandonment. Oh, okay. Yeah, go through those again. Okay, so maybe I, let's see if I got this right. So we got, um, let's go with infidelity. There you go. In- infidelity, yeah. Boy. Infidelity, fraud, um, abuse, abandonment, and denial of affection. Denial of affection, I love. Yeah. No, you have a right to sex and marriage. And that's we uh, Prior to no-fault divorce, you had a right to that. Wow. Yeah. All right, let's see what we got. McChillis says a man has to be absolutely insane these days to get married in the U.S. I agree. Many would caution against even cohabitation due to common law marriage. I agree. Wise up, men. MGTOW. Free top G. Repeal the 19th. Uh, you know what it is? It's like uh, reverse. Common, common law is not real, though. Like, people misunderstand common law. It's not It's not a real thing. What is it? it it's this urban legend that if you live with Owen for a long enough period of time, you are now legally married, but that's just not real. That's not true. Texas does have a common law statute. But it requires that you represent yourself as married three times in public. And then yeah. you're married. Yeah. And oh. it's because you are what choosing. What does it look like, like to the, represent the, the, yourself the, as the married? The idea is You that say you're married. Oh, you say it. The idea is you're inadvertently married and you go, oh, no, now I'm married because we lived together. We were roommates. Oh, Jesus. That's no, not how it works. That doesn't work. Yeah. You have to assert your marriage. You have to file claims against your marriage. And Correct. then after a certain amount of time, you can legally yeah. seek benefits. But if you don't, then it, then you, you won't. Yeah. But living with a woman could still be very dangerous because you have no rights if you're not married and you have a child. Your wor- rights are even worse if you're not married. So, All right. Lakuva says, deadlifts are great for grip strength. Ian, look into the starting strength program. It's great for beginners. Also, when Luke comes back, you should try to get the uh, program's founder, Mark Ripito, on. Yeah, Mark's a cool guy. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. All right, Alex Schott says, just think, not too long ago, the biggest peer pressure kids had to worry about was, hey, kids, you want to go smoke and get drunk? Now it's, hey, kids, you want to take hormone blockers and cut off your junk? Yep, and the schools are pushing it. That's the difference. The schools were against drugs, but the schools are all pushing this. You know, it's scary for these. The, a lot of these kids. You know, you look at these detransitioners. These kids are going to grow up, and yes. it's going to be really horrifying. Yes, it is. It's already horrifying, if you've met any of them. Have well, you been in touch is- with Chloe Cole? No, I, I have online. I have online. And then, but I have good friends of mine in Texas who are detransitioners. 
they already are yes, yeah. transitioning. Yes, yeah. In fact, if have you guys seen the video of me at UNT when Antifa attacked me with Negative. Kelly Knighter, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I talked to Kelly about that. She yeah, was yeah, terrified. Yeah. She was like locked in a closet for a while. Yes, yes. Wow. I got a rib broken. Whoa. The guy tried to choke me out. They wouldn't let you speak at all. Did you did you end up saying speaking at all? Yeah, or? they eventually. So <laughs> because I'm not like these these limp wristed normie conservatives. So <laughs> Antifa shows up. Right. And I'm like, OK, I got an hour and a half. I'm going to make you yell for an hour and a half. Go for it. And I had a microphone so I could always yell louder than them. Yeah. So I was like, is this all you commies got? The, yell- the red guards are better <laughs> than you guys. So they got all pissed and then they they were worn out after about half an hour. You just can only bang tables and yell for so long. <laughs> and then one of the shot callers from Antifa, there's always a shot caller, mm-hmm. right? The shot caller comes over and he stupidly posted this on YouTube. The shot caller posted all of his radio radio and chat comments to all the other guys. It's funny. He comes over and says, you know what this guy's doing? He's making us look stupid by making us chant like this. We probably should let him talk. <laughs> so then I started my talk, and then they surrounded the building with about 400 people. Whoa. Three or 400. And then they threatened to burn the building down, and then the police evacuated. Nazis. Yeah, that's what they Com- Neocoms. Yeah. I call them neocoms. Some guy got a good shot of me. The cop put my head down, and then somebody, I don't know if it was a knee, or but a guy broke my rib on my right side. Guy tried to choke me. I had to gable grip out of it. Were you like they're taking you through a crowd or something? Yeah, to get to a police car. And this was all because you're trying to protect your children. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Actually, I was you're screaming at the crowd. I was running for political office in Texas. I was running to be a member of the Texas House, and Kelly Knighter's organization, the Young Young Conservatives of Texas, invited me to come speak about my campaign. And that because of the anti-trans stuff, so I'm like on the top ten list uh, for Antifa in Texas. Like when I go to the Capitol, they have armed people follow me around. You know, and people are all like, you should move to Texas. You should move to Florida. I'm like, dude, West Virginia is MAGA country. Yes. So I have to I have to say this because we, we've got people who issue threats and stuff. If they came out to the mountains of West Virginia, um, I, my warning to them is like, please don't because we don't want you to get hurt. Right. Like. I'm just saying you're going to come to some mountain and there's going to be some right wing nut job with, you know, an AR on each shoulder and pistols on each, you know, all over his body. And he's going to be yelling yeehaw as he sees him rolling up. Like, don't do it. Don't come out here, man. Yeah. You know, it's like. Antifa's all over the urban areas of Texas. Yeah. You come out here and uh, nope. Well, here's a post on social media. Scare me. The Honestly. fact that Antifa, which, which post? the posts where they're like, I hope they come here. It would yes, be awesome. Make my day. And I'm I've like, no, those. guys, you you don't want to hurt. Like, yeah. we don't want anybody getting hurt. We don't want Antifa yeah. showing up because then they're going to be leaving in body bags. And that's bad, bad, bad. Do not come out here. Ain't nobody out here is going to tolerate that. And you, we've seen these videos from a few years ago where like mm-hmm. Antifa show up to a residential neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And it was in a suburban area, mm-hmm. and then people came out of their houses, and just it was like it was like union guys. Yes, and they just started shoving them and pushing them. Then you see videos where that people, was in West Virginia. No, 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 no. It was just some suburb. I can't oh, remember okay. where it was, but they're pushing them. The Antifa is like, "Stop, stop, man! Leave us alone!" Yeah, they can get away with this in cities where the police run cover for them. That's what I was going to say. But you come out into the countryside where you walk onto someone's property with a weapon, and self defense and castle doctrine kick in real quick. Please do not come out here. Well, they didn't yes. in Missouri with, with uh, they didn't in Missouri with that couple that stood outside. That was St. Louis. Yeah, that's St. Louis. Oh, I guess the, that's the police right. protect Antifa. They do. That's right. Yeah, Antifa only operate in permissive environments, and so that tells you a lot about the political structures where you live. So I live in Denton County, Texas, in a town called Flower Mound, and it's it's very instructive that they will not operate in Flower Mound 
but they will operate in Denton, the city, which is in Denton County because the sheriff is permissive. Yep. And the police chief in Denton is permissive. That's that's all you need to know about your elected officials in law enforcement is if Antifa operates there, they're allowing it. Yep. Hands down. 100%. Because it's uh, no surprise they don't operate out here. Yeah. 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 Because the cops out here, they're not actually like far right or anything. We, we've worked with them because of mm-hmm. the threats that we've gotten mm-hmm. and they're just kind of regular dudes. Yeah. But they don't tolerate it. But more importantly, the attitude out here is kind of like, well, you know, it's West Virginia. It's constitutional carry. Yeah. And if someone shows up and there's a, a threat to someone's life, they have a right to defend themselves and their property. That's why I'm like, I'm, I'm actually worried for these people if they came out to the mountain. Because you look at these, these, these message boards for the neighborhood, and it's just people salivating, being like... <laughs> Make my day. Right. You know, and I'm like, oh, man. If he had only stepped over the line. Yep. I could have got him. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> don't come out here, man. But that's why it's like, you know, Texas, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to go to, I, I don't want to go to a, a dense urban environment yeah. where I have to rely on cops. I'd rather yeah. be in my constitutional carry state. We have security guards. We have armed stuff. Yeah. But we have, we have laws that allow us to defend ourselves. I love that. And you have neighbors who don't take kindly to people from the from driving all the way out of here far left you know sure wing nuts sure yeah nut jobs i love it all right agamemnon's gym bag says we're literally <laughs> living in the plot of 99 red balloons but all i care about is your son's welfare jeff i'm not a praying man but you have my prayers tonight lukenbach is no longer a destination to move to yeah yeah texas is Texas is a very conservative population that is ruled by extremely left-wing Republicans. Was it always like that in the last decade? Pretty much. The de- people forget until the mid-90s, uh, Democrats ran Texas. It was a Democrat state yeah. until the mid-90s. California was Republican until the yeah. late 80s. Yeah. All they did in Texas is they switched from being Democrats to being Republicans, and they run as a Republican, but they're still liberal. Yeah, yeah. Did anyone else have 99 red left balloons running through your head all Nina. day? Nina. Oh, yeah. yeah. 99. Oh, no. Yeah. Sean says ATF has begun a 120-day amnesty period to register your braced pistols and waive the $200 tax. If caught with a braced pistol after 120 days, you'll be fined $250,000 and sentenced 10 years in prison. Uh, I'm pretty sure the ATF does not have legislative powers, so this is completely unconstitutional and will likely be overturned very quickly after the volley of lawsuits fired off by every single gun rights organization. So, uh, you know, we'll see. I have a feeling this is going to get shot down in the court, an emergency injunction within a matter of a week, but we'll see. To stress, the ATF can't decree legislation that you will go to prison for a thing that was not made illegal by Congress. So good luck. Right. But, you know, take it seriously, because I'm not saying the government ain't corrupt. They certainly are. They'll certainly try. All right, what do we got here? We'll grab some more. Uh, Dusty Firebird says, Libby is a rock star. Thank you for fighting for kids, Mr. Younger. This episode is why I watch every night. I film birds in exotic locations. Follow me if you love nature, too. Very cool. What's the name? Dusty Firebird. Dusty Firebird. Yeah. All right, where are we at? A lot of people mentioning the massive explosion in Billings, Montana. Um, But what I could see is uh, is probably, probably nothing, you know? All right. Guardsman Norheim of the Tenneth First says Tim's voice didn't work in the deep fake because he's not an NPC already programmed in the machine. <laughs> you know, I don't know, but I will say this. Um, I have been told by comedians it's hard to impersonate me. Interesting. Seamus tried. I, I think Seamus was trying to do something from Freedom Tunes and he was like, I didn't I couldn't figure out how to like get Tim Pool. I don't know. Like someone asked him on the show, I think, can you do a Tim Pool voice? And he was like, I don't know. I can't figure it out. And uh, I've heard that Interesting. before. Interesting. 
I don't know. That's just me. Wow. Scott Joe Rogan is also really hard to impersonate. People like, look, Trump is is moderately difficult, but people nail Trump. Yes. Tom Cruise, pretty easy to get. Right. Ian McKellen is easy. Yeah. Like, the, you know, you can you can nail these impersonations. Uh, Dr. Fauci, I mm-hmm. think, is pretty easy. Mm-hmm. But uh, Dr. Fauci has the same accent as my grandmother did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Ooh. fairly easy. But there, there. Joe Rogan it's has a like weird Benson voice. Hurst Brooklyn. Yes. Yeah. There's a if you ever if you ever notice this. Like a lot of parodies with Joe Rogan will just get nowhere near sounding like him. Mm-hmm. It's a weird, you know. He's always posting um, on Instagram pictures of tattoos people get of his face. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of weird. I'm always like, what is the deal with it's this? It's the weirdest thing. He didn't post at first. I think he was weirded out. And then he was like, you know what? I'm just accepting my life. Yeah. Wow. This is, who That's, I, yeah. This, is, this is real life. And some of them are wild. Some of them have like a third oh, so eye. so good. Like, just like some of the best amazing. art. All right. The pool sheriff says you'll have to buy an official character in the metaverse so people know it's you and your truth will not, uh, not some fake, kind of like a blue check mark. Well, I think what it'll be like is there will be the default avatars the poor people will have where there's like seven models and they all look the same, but mm-hmm. with like different colors. And then there'll be the premium models that cost, you know, 15 bucks a month or whatever. And then everyone will subscribe. and Or you'll be able to rent your premium clothing in the game just by spending time in the game. So in the game, there will be no hours like a week. Skins. Yeah, and, and they're going to say skins if you spend forty hours a week. If you live and work in the metaverse, there's no crime, there's no theft, no one can mug you. You have no fear of violence yeah, or but anything like that. You have like no that. idea what's happening to your actual body. No, no, you're in the pod. It's locked. Oh, you're in the locked. And it could also pod. be sensory <laughs> deprivation. They could also do it as like augmented. In Mitchell's versus the machines. Did you see that movie? Mm-mm. That's actually a good. Have you seen Netflix. surrogates? No. Bruce Willis, you've seen it? Yeah. Everybody has a surrogate robot version of themselves. Uh-huh. They don't leave their houses. They go in pods that control the robot, and the robot goes and does everything oh, for them. Oh, I had a friend of mine who was, who's severely disabled who was telling me that he really wanted one of those. Well, it's like an avatar. The dude was paralyzed, so he got to mm-hmm. be the, you know. The movie did a good job of presenting the creepiness of the robots, though. The robots were creepy oh, right. in that movie. Yeah. Plastic wow. looking. Yes. And then wow. there's the scene where it's like the hot chick is making out the guy. Yes. And then gets killed. And they're like, let's go find the operator. And the operator is like a 400 pound morbidly obese right. guy. Right. Yeah. That's that's the future. If we go circuit, I think it'll be metaverse. Like building complex androids seems like metaverse too much would work. Be easier. Yeah. 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 But nobody has legs in the metaverse right now. Did you? Oh really? Yeah. I haven't. I haven't really? checked it out. Yeah. There was, I, I don't. I've never gone in the metaverse or used the metaverse, whatever how you pronounce it or describe it. But uh, there's no legs. We really need People treadmill. People float around. Treadmills in the That's metaverse. Bizarre. Yeah. VR yeah. treadmills where you strap into like a bouncy they have harness. Those. Yeah. But they're not quite good enough. I want smooth feet where I can run full speed and they have jump. Those. Have you but seen? it's yeah. But they're not. I haven't found a really good. one. If you guys have the a bowl. good one, the you bowl. tell me. The one with the bowl is it? I don't know. It's got. It's got. A, a, the, it's a bowl that's a touch screen. And you're wearing a, a waist harness that goes around your waist, and you run, and when you run, your character moves. I was at VidCon wow. seven years ago, and they had it set up, and people were playing an FPS, uh, a first-person shooter, and you, you're watching these people in these pods up high, and they're running full speed, strapped in, and then going like this and shooting at each other. I've seen a lot of them, but they're they're only running, like, they can't have a full gait, like, they can't, because the the bases yeah, aren't yeah. that big. Once right. you can get it big enough where you can run full speed they have a, and jump and they have you a treadmill. can land without hurting yourself. They have a treadmill that moves in all directions that you can run on. Dude, and then you get haptic feedback, shirt, gloves, you can feel stuff hitting you. It's so going to be well. so good. And you can this feel exercise. You can feel other like things too, right? You sure can. Hell. This sounds like hell to <laughs> me. And you can like swim. Like health. If you can go like prone <laughs> and like <laughs> swim kind of like where you're held, but then you got gravity. That's a big part of it is the underwater stuff is hard to mimic right now. Right. I think we need to bring back appreciation for the real world. 
Yeah, I'd say go to a boxing ring. Do something real. I'm probably real. not going to do that, but. <laughs> All right. Someone someone in the chat said that Metaverse graphics is like PS2. Yes. It's, it's not good. And it's because the, the lenses are high resolution, but super zoomed in so it can work. Got it. So we need to get to like, you know, 16K resolution before it starts becoming, you know, better. Did any of you do Second Life? Have you ever been in Second Life? I remember Second Life. I played Life. that one time yeah. for yeah. a little bit, and I, I was kind of whatever. I watched some gameplay footage of it. Yeah. I bought some land in, in Second Life and, and had a server in it for a while. I was experimenting with it. Uh, there were some universities that had put up, like, university areas where they were, like, actually yeah, doing lectures this. and stuff. Um, it, it actually looks better than the metaverse. <laughs> I had some yeah. friends who were Italian architects, and they were obsessed with Second Life. Because you like could build stuff to, in there, yeah. 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 I just yeah. I used to play World of Warcraft, and I, I, I will tell you this. Night Elf? Uh, I was. Human Rogue. Yeah. Human Rogue. Night Elf Druid. Human what Rogue. about you? Night Elf Druid. Hell yeah, dude. Most yeah. powerful in the whole You're game. just so versatile. Yes. Well, the versatility was good. Paladins uh, are good, too. Yeah, they're amazing. You know what? You know what, I, what I think they're a little overpowered. What yeah, I always found funny was that like when I would play Rogue and do PvP, I had no problem you guys anybody. used to piss me off. But yeah, the, so. people would complain that warriors were too strong and rogues couldn't couldn't kill them. So they patch it and make rogues stronger. And I'm just like, this is the most ridiculous thing ever. Just because these people didn't know how to play. Right. But what happens is Blizzard keeps going in and seeing like, well, we gave them the tools to play the character properly, but they couldn't figure it out. So they're not having fun. So we better change the game to make it fun. Right. Just made it easier. Oh, it was, rogues but, and, are so deadly. I remember standing out with my night elf, shooting out arrows, you know, to catch them, catch their invisibility. And you're like aiming shooting, randomly, just aiming randomly because I don't well. know where they are. And they're just keep backstabbing me over. Oh, and, and, over. and, and see, see, vanilla was the best with preparation because then you'd like the, the, the bleeds. So like I never had a problem with warriors. You would just like you go up, you garrot, you hemorrhage, hemorrhage, right. you bleed, then you vanish. Yeah. Then you cut. Then, so then you just then you just wait. <laughs> so you wait as the warriors screaming uh, and swinging at nothing. That's that was and me. And then once the bleeds go down, you go up and do it all over again. Then you prep, then you vanish again, then you wait. And I'm like, it's the easiest thing in the world people complain about. The problem is because it's capture the flag. If it was just one on one, you could no, handle a rogue. What do you mean? Well, I could handle a rogue one on one, but I had a I had a goal I had to go do, so when I had to forget about the guy the behind me. Yeah, and I so, couldn't stay on the anyway, rogue. I it had was to. the invisibility. You could not. You didn't know where to attack. They needed to be it's like right. shimmery, so you could at least see no, them. No, oh no, that ruins the part. It, they changed heroes around. of the storm. It was they made brutal. Absolutely brutal. It was op. I can't believe we're like bonding over WoW here. But here's the thing, vanilla, man, vanilla. Right before the release of Burning Crusade, right was the best it ever was that's it and then once burning crusade came out it sucked and then at then what was what was next like wrath of the lich king or something yeah was, yes that i was done i just stopped i liked flying it just just did, the last one i played was wrath i think lich. i think flying kind of ruined it there because there it, it used to be when you couldn't fly there was so much to do right. and me and my friends would go glitch hopping and find all the exploits yes. and then risk getting banned and get, we get warnings but we would go underneath Stormwind. And then, <laughs> yeah, because there was a, a, an area where you could glitch through the wall. Yes, I remember used, this. I used to go on top of Undercity, and they took all of that fun stuff away. It was like they created this universe that you could go into and play games and had, had missions, but there was also, I would look, we'd look on the map and we'd be like, hey, has anyone ever realized this portion of the continent is we've never been to? Right, right. We go there and there's no way in, so we start glitch hopping, basically jumping until sure. we find a way to break through, and then we're in this big flat space with literally nothing in it and right. we're on the map then we we message our friends being like look where we are look where and then they they took it all, all the way from us did you get into the center of duskwood you know there's that big where you see stitches for the first time you guys know what i'm talking about yes, is yes. There, there's that big like mountainous area in the middle yeah is there something in there 
I never found anything in there. I, I went around all around like soy it. boys for playing World of Warcraft. But if you you can fly, you could probably. I didn't fly, so you could probably go up there now. I, it just ruined it, and that's why I think when people started releasing the vanilla versions, the classic, that people got really into it, and then Blizzard got mad and sent lawyers to shut them all down. Right. Then launched their version, you know, and and I, I tried playing vanilla, mm-hmm. and I'm like, they lost it, man. It's not there. Yeah. Like all of the fun shenanigans were just were just I can only lost. harvest so many peace blooms until I want to blow my freaking <laughs> brains. I'm like, what am I doing with my life? I could be making a TV show. They need to stop doing expansions and literally just do WoW two and start a new game start from over. scratch, which is something new and fresh. Because now the economy's ruined, the whole mm-hmm. game makes no sense, and I just stopped playing it. I played uh, Legion. And then uh, I, I've, I've, I've played like every expansion and given up really quickly. Like you know, it's just I, not have, there anymore. I cannot find an MMO that's good. I'm, I think it's got to be the next evolution of video gaming, which is VRAR, where you are in it, the reality. I really enjoy MMOs, but the cheating just drives me away every time. Like there's just so much cheating that goes on. I played DayZ, for example, a lot and just like cheater after cheater after cheater. Like aimbots? Like, yeah. I just give up. And they can see you through walls and... You know, people doing like headshots from 200 meters with pistols. Yeah, yeah that's all uh, cheating. We'll grab uh, we'll grab a couple more here. Okay. MF Damien says Rogan used to have a thick Boston accent and trained it out. Maybe that's why. Yeah, he's got a that's unique he's got a unique voice. It's like it's you know I don't know. Some people could probably do it. It's just some people are easier to impersonate than mm-hmm. other. A lot of it's the body uh, structure of the body. So like unless you have Rogan's body, you're not going to have that horny here's, sound when it comes out of the mouth. Here's like, here, well, you know. We got one more one, real quick. Todd B says, have you heard the insane idea that they are floating of using brain-dead women as surrogates? Yes. No, yep. I have not heard that. News story, they said women who are brain-dead could donate their bodies as, for surrogacy. I did there's read that There's also the morning. idea, there's yeah. also this uh, really innovative idea where they're um, talking about taking the wombs from transitioned young girls and implanting them in men who want to have the full female won't experience. Work. It obviously won't work, but that didn't stop the NIH in the UK from putting they, a bunch of money behind this they plan. Keep, they keep saying it, but men don't have the, the pelvis for no, this. No, obviously not. But the NIH was yeah. doing research and throwing money at it anyway. It's like all the right, sex is a spectrum <laughs> stuff. It's all yeah. nice. All right, everybody, if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, become a member at TimCast.com to support our work directly. You can follow the show at TimCast.com you can follow me personally at TimCast. Jeff, do you want to shout anything out? Yeah, um, you can look for me on Twitter at uh, JeffYoungerTX. You can also find me at my Substack, JeffYounger.substack.com for long form stuff. Right on. I'm Libby Emmons. I am at Libby Emmons on Twitter, and you can check out what we're doing at thepostmillennial.com. I love you, the postmillennial. Yeah, thanks. shout out to the postmillennial. Hey, thanks, guys. Jeff, thanks for coming, man. That Thank was awesome. You. I pray for your wife, your ex-wife, and your kids. Thank the you, best brother. for everybody involved. This is great. Thank, Thank you. you. It's really wonderful. See you, dude. Thank you. Yeah. Bye, everyone. And I'm Serge.com. Sorry for the error there, guys. It was just uh, had to grab the mic. I was trying not to talk too much. And uh, I pressed the wrong button. It happens. Anyways. All right, everybody. Thanks for supporting us. Thanks for watching. We're going to have clips up all throughout the weekend, so you can watch those. And other than that, we will see you all back again Monday. But we're going to have, I think we're having some really big shows next week. Stay tuned. I think our Wednesday show, I can't say too much, but we'll be in a special location. That's what we're planning. No guarantees. It's going to be a technical hurdle. Shouldn't be too complicated, but it will be crazy. So uh, let me just put it this way. I never like to announce guests because they might cancel. But we have like five potential very, very high profile people who might come in and out. So just we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully pull it off. Thanks for hanging out and we'll see you all next time. Cheers. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.